Hey everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Mailfuzz TV. I am Peter, and I am joined, although he's very much on his phone right now. He's, he's got a new toy. No, I'm actually, I'm, I'm going through my books. All right, okay. <laughs> to, to refresh, because it's been a long week, so... Yeah, I'm just... It. Just in case you know, people people open the video up, they're watching it and go, "This guy's yep. not even paying attention. What's going on? This is going to be a weird show." Yeah, but hey. Anyways, yeah. what's up? Sorry, Matt's here. That's the thing. I'm uh, here. I'm here. Not here is Connor because uh, we t- we told you about this last week, but Connor was uh, is away on a, a trip uh, this weekend, so he he was not able to join us. But luckily, it's a week five, so he's not missing out on anything too super important. Uh, well, one or two great things, sure, but not, nothing too important. Uh, he missed the super pets. Like that's bad form on him. Oh yes, more super pet slayer. Uh, there'll be thoughts. There'll be opinions. So yeah, we talk about DC Comics, and coming up on this week's show again, it's a week five. Although it's a rather busy week five compared to normal. Uh, we yep. have Batman Annual Number Two. We have Green Adult Annual Number One. We have Aquaman Annual Number One. We have Super Sons Annual Number One. So right away, four annuals, and that's not even all of them. There was a fifth one that we didn't read. Uh, Justice League of America had an annual, so that five annuals yeah. in one, one Not week. falling for that again. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. I, I'm not reading extra pages of a, of that run. No, thank you. No. Uh, so, yeah, I also have Mystic You, number one, and Batman Creature of the Night, number one, uh, both of which are new prestige books that we've been uh, anticipating for a while. Uh, and on top of that, it's a week five, so our patrons voted on a trade or graphic novel for us to cover, and they voted for and selected Wonder Woman in the Circle by Gail Simone, so we'll be talking about that as well at the end of the show. So that's the uh, that's the plan. Uh, also, there was a new talent showcase 2017 out this week as well. Uh, just because we had so much, we didn't necessarily make a point of reading the whole thing, although Matt did check out the Poison Ivy story because he couldn't help himself. I can't, you know... People who watch this know two things. I love Connor Kent and I love Poison Ivy. So Here's a question, Matt. Did you actually pay the $10 for the book or did you just stand in the comic shop and read it like a scoundrel? I'll let you guys be the, uh, <laughs> decide that one. Let's say I finished time with my shop this week. <laughs> I just want this 10-page Poison Ivy story. Just... That's it. That's all I need. I don't need... And it was such a busy week, too, that normally fifth week's like when it comes to buying my comics... You know, it's quiet, and I, you know, I get credit with the wife that I didn't spend too much. Not, not this week. Yeah, not this, <laughs> week. this week. So I couldn't, I couldn't budget in that thing. But I, I think DC can forgive me. My shop owner didn't care. They're always just like, yeah, whatever. As long as you keep your pull list active, you DC Mark. <laughs> well, you're basically <laughs> keeping that entire shop afloat anyway. So I mean, Some, kind of- sometimes I'm not nearly as bad as my friend who was the at one point the only person reading Valiant there. Yet he needed the one in fifty cover, but there's no one else reading Valiant, so he bought fifty copies of one book to get the one cover. Jesus. Yeah. It might have been twenty five, but still, point stands. <laughs> well, excessive. They, what even at what three dollars, four dollars a book, twenty five copies? Come on now. Yep. That's a, that's a lot of copies. Pretty sure my my shop owner gave him a discount. Being, <laughs> being that, you know, bolt discount. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, saying that he's doing that, but yeah. So I'm not nearly that bad, but my pull list is, especially right now, DC. Well, at the very yeah. least, I would have hoped that he wouldn't have... Because uh, you know, sometimes if it's, a, if it's a variant like that, the shops will charge yeah. extra for it because it's like a one yeah. in 25 or 50. They'll charge $10 for it or something. I'd at least hope they wouldn't have done that to him, given he bought every no. other copy. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's why. So he got, I'm pretty sure he got the variant at cost, but 
being that no one else really ordered it, even even that issue, because he was going through, he was trying to complete all this run on Valiant up to their first like big event. This was a couple years ago, so mm. uh, I still give him crap for that. I was like, <laughs> literally the only person reading Valiant, and they wanted to make a movie universe. Think about that, and he'd get so mad. <laughs> I'm not opposed to trying movies and shows if if they if they whip them up. I, I was yeah. tempted to jump into the Valiant stuff when it started, but the the problem was it was like this is a whole other universe they're, they're starting, yeah. and I'm already like you know keeping up with well one for sure, and then you know sometimes yeah. I'll try and keep up with Marvel. It just kind of depends what's going on and what yeah. they're doing, but. Anyway, uh, so before we get to books this week, though, I actually, it's just a couple of small things from the solicits from last week that I neglected to mention because I was in such Uh-oh. a rush. I was in such a rush to talk about Doomsday Clock last week that I may have skimmed past a couple of notable points. Uh, one is that Blue Beetle is officially ending uh, with issue eighteen, oh. and what, what month is it? February. That's what the solicits we got. Retcon that, guys, please. Begin of both Jaime and Ted. They just don't need to be together. Ugh. Okay, my last displeasure at the book, well noted. Uh, yeah. I thought the book was fine. I read what like six, seven issues of it. I, it just wasn't great enough to uh, keep me keep me coming back. Yeah, but the, but it's a good character. That's what gets me. So I mean, I think as a casualty, let them you know refocus and they can come back. Honestly, throw them in the Teen Titans. Yeah, why not? That, that, that's that's where I'd put Oh my god, I would love Damien bouncing off of the the scarab. Mm. Just like I need that. Trying to get it from Jaime all the time. That'd be so funny. Yeah, I'd be done with that. I'd be done with yeah. that. Hey, he's a teen. Probably Teen Titans. I'm just saying, we brought up Emiko and Damien, and then Percy gifted that upon <laughs> us. So maybe, if you're listening out there... If you're listening, Diddy-o. Yeah. <laughs> or whoever, whoever high up that needs to make this call, make the call. Yeah. Um, maybe, per- maybe since Blue Beetle's ending, Percy would actually have the reign to just say, hey, can I use Beetle and go, yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? We're not doing anything else with them. Uh, and then the other thing, this one's a bit weirder though, because it, it probably is a cancellation, but it's a little bit more suspicious. Because, you know, Blue Beetle, final issue, issue 18 in the solicits, this is the last one, right? Make a point of saying it, just like Superwoman, straightforward. Mm-hmm. Okay, we know it's ending, celebrate the last issue, blah, 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 blah. Cyborg just wasn't in the solicits in February. And the January Ouch. the January issue, issue wasn't, you know described as the final issue or anything like that it's just missing mm-hmm. from february so well that just means it's taking a month off well that means it's whatever i, I don't know but i mean it's probably cancelled i mean I, I think for months people were saying that the three books that were probably going to get cancelled were blue beetle superwoman and cyborg so it makes yeah. sense that that's going next but boom 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 yeah but hey yeah, we've got all these new age books coming out soon and we want to try a lot of those so yeah, yeah and that's that's it i mean I remember during the New 52 when there was much to do about cancellations, but, you know, so it happens when you launch with 52 as your gimmick. You know, you had to have 52 books, and, you know, it just wasn't, the market wasn't where it was, especially hey, they, they, gave, they gave them all, well, they gave two of them 18 issues. Cyborg was more, because yeah. that was double shipping for the first few months. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's in the 20s. So they, they gave them all a fair chance. It, it's not, nothing was yeah, just... Yeah, and that's, and that's it. And, like, again, as long as, like, with Superwoman, we still get Lana and Steel popping up in Superman books, you know? Like, oh, yeah, sure. They, they can cameo in Supergirl or Action or or even Superman's own book. I'm cool with that. I like... It's one of the reasons why I, I always took to DC is the the greater world. It's mm. like with Marvel, everyone's connected, and it's cool to see, like, Spider-Man hanging out with Daredevil and whatnot. 
But, like, the fact that you can have the Bat family and the Superman family, you know what I mean? Like, it always spoke to me more. Yeah, I'm not saying they should just copy what's happening in Detective, but if Action wants to turn into the Superman version yeah. of that, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to complain about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. fine with it. Yeah, and plus you got Atomic Skull, you know, he's popping around now. Like, you know, yeah. fun, fun little side characters. Yeah. Although I feel like it would, you know, you throw Atomic Skull in there and people will be like, oh, that's just like Superman's clay face. And as much as I would argue against that, it kind of would be. But what else? I'm still going to read it. No, I'm surely the uh, the werewolf, uh, you know, Laron. Uh, Laron. That'd be, That'd be cool, too. Play fish, yeah, from Supergirl. The fact yeah. that we could say Kryptonian werewolf, that's, I, what a time to be reading comics. Hmm. I just, yeah, I'd, 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 I'd be down for something like that in action. Uh, especially yeah. since I, I think I'd like to see, like, I don't know, like maybe John going on an adventure with his his aunt Lana, or something yeah. like that, or you know, or oh, aunt yeah. Cara. Even, hmm. Like yeah, some of like one of my favorite issues ever is in um, Brian Q. Miller's Batgirl when Stephanie has to babysit Damien. Hmm. It's like this two. It's actually two issues, I think. It was a a two parter, and it's just like Damien not wanting to be a babysat, and I feel like John would want to do all the stuff, and Kara's the opposite, going like. I do this all the time. I was just we were supposed to watch TV and eat popcorn, you know. Like I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so that was just a couple of quick bits that I wanted to wanted to throw out there. Um, actually, I, I don't know if you briefly wanted to discuss. We got a, a just to jump over to movie slash TV news. Uh, mm-hmm. We got our first look at Dick Grayson uh, as Robin in the Titans it's an TV awful lot show. Like Tim Drake, but hey. Do you know what? The staff says that. The staff says Tim Drake, but honestly... The staff and the uniform, man. That's Tim's uniform. No, but here's, here's the thing, though, Matt. Like, the uniform's already changed so much for Dick. Like, anytime you see a flashback of Dick in uniform now, either from the New 52 or in Rebirth, it's always been changed to have a more of a Tim look to it. Because here's the thing. Robin's, or Dick Grayson's original Robin uniform, looks right. dated as shit. There's a reason why it's not it's getting terrible, used. It's terrible, and I get it. They <laughs> don't want him in the pixie shorts, which are essentially just... Speedos, like I don't need to see bear. Absolutely, Dick's yes. Leg, bear Grayson leg. That's the better sentence. Um, but, but yeah, I just the first image. No, you know when when you posted that in the group and I looked at it, I didn't read what you'd put. I was just like, oh look, it's Tim. So they're doing Tim on the Titans, you know. But yeah, I, I think nah, well they're not. But I, I feel like yeah, uh, it's, that's just a I don't know. I, I feel that's been overly negative because I actually it, think it looks really good. Well, no, it looks fine. It's just it's an aesthetic thing, like because you know what I mean. The, the quality of the outfit uh, is much better than the vast majority of the CW outfits, yeah. uh, which mm-hmm. tells me this may have a decent little budget uh, for it. Which so I'm excited yeah. to see the rest of the team now. I'm excited to see Beast Boy and yeah. Starfire and, and Raven. Are you gonna recognize confirmed. Starfire when you see her though? I, I will recognize Starfire <laughs> when I see. Her. I only didn't recognize her when she had short hair and she was wearing like a combat suit. I know, but I'm going to make this, you know, I'm going to make this for everything I can. In fact, I downloaded the, uh, was it Connor Starfire book that, that oh, right, they yeah. had done, part of the New 52 or U52. Um, so, and it, and it sits there in my library and I look, I'm like, I'm going to read this and then make fun of Pete still. It's just a constant reminder. You want to make fun of me for not recognizing Starfire, but I want to make fun of you by not recognizing Connor. I know. I know he's not here today. It's weird. <laughs> I didn't mean that, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> so easy to do. 
You know about Connor with the E-R, not the O-R. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, no, it, it, it looks good. I'm actually I'm excited to see the rest of them now. Because I, I think it was such an unknown quantity, because it's the new streaming service. We have no idea what that means. We, do, we don't know if that's like, is this going to be lower budget than a network TV show? Is this going to be higher budget than a network TV show? Yeah. We don't know. But uh, It also makes me wonder if that's why they pulled Young Justice and Justice League from Netflix. Because those suddenly just disappeared. Uh, so it makes me well, wonder if they're just going to start stockpiling them. Well, I mean, I'm sure the Amazon stuff will still exist there, like with Batman and Superman, the animated series. But It may not. Know, it, everything may transition over to their service, so they've got a back catalogue. Because yeah. obviously Young Justice Season 3 is going to be on this service. They announced a the Harley oh. Quinn animated series last week that's going to be on this service. All I know is if, if they do add Batman, the animated series, and Young Justice, it's worth the price to me. Monthly, uh, and now you're going to add these new shows on top of it? Like, especially when that, that uh, Batman the Animated Series Blu-ray comes out. If it's 1080p Batman the Animated Series, then oh, hello. <laughs> oh, I remember when they first, uh, this new TV station popped up, and they were airing like almost exclusively Batman the Animated Series. But my cable provider didn't get it in HD. So I had all of these standard definition Batman Animated Series on my HD TV. And it was just hard to watch. Oh, to be, it didn't look terrible, but it just... But Matt, it, it would have been an SD anyway. No, I understand that. But the quality on the... the it just wasn't there. Like... Yeah, because... You know, maybe maybe the, it was just my provider. The but. Blu-ray coming out next year is the first time they've been remastered in HD. So, uh, which is part of why it's so exciting. Because they've, they've been yeah, stuck in SD watched, forever. Okay, so maybe I haven't watched it in, since, you know, my old DVDs. But, you know, on my nice, you know, HDTV, it didn't look so great. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a TV channel, the compression was probably bad, so it probably yeah. worse than DVDs did, but, yeah, the uh, HD doesn't exist yet, at least. I won't tell so. No, no, what about Justice League and, like, Batman Beyond, because those look great when they were uh, on... Uh, Batman Beyond, Netflix. I think, is just SD. Justice League and Justice League Unlimited do have Blu-rays, so uh, they yeah. exist in HD, but I, I don't know if... I mean, probably broadcast well, like that somewhere, when I watched those through Netflix, those look great. Like they, I mean, they were crystal clear, but they weren't. They didn't bother me like those did. So, and that, that's been one of the selling points that I wanted to get Prime, just so I could watch Batman. But if they're gonna do, you know, if they're gonna do this streaming service and everything's gonna migrate there, then here's here's my money for that. Then yeah, we we've been talking a lot in TV news about what else to make announce and what their yeah. plans are. If they if they want to constantly have something on, something big like Titans that rotates yeah. through. Maybe, yeah. Uh, but no, it's, it's, it's all it's all good stuff. Uh, also, just a, a side note: I, Matt's not got to yet. I don't think. But Crisis on Inth- uh, not Infinite Earths, Crisis on uh, Earth X this week, the CW crossover yeah. was a lot of fun. I highly h- thumbs up. Uh, yeah. Pacing was very good. Well, I believed your comment was uh, liked Justice League, loved Crisis on Earth X. So that's yeah. Is that I, you? I, I don't have said it exactly like that, but it, it's. Okay. It's not perfect by any means. It's still got some CW yeah. things going on there. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but the pacing was much better than last year. It was kind of what you'd hoped a crossover, a big like four-part event thing, yeah. was going to feel like. That was my big problem with Invasion. Was it felt too hamstrung by the this is this episode? So oh, it's yeah. good to hear like they just got rid of that and yeah, it's just that, one long. That that is gone. Series. They don't even have their own titles in the episodes. It just comes up saying Crisis on Earth X at the start of each one. So. Good, good. Uh, no, yeah, I'll get there. I, I got caught up. Uh, I'm on uh, Midvale for Supergirl. I like and that episode. I just passed the. Uh, who's the villain? It was Katie Sackoff. 
Uh, oh yeah, uh, I can't remember her name. She's got the glove. Terrible though. accent. Yeah, yeah. T- terrible fake accent she had in that episode. Yeah, uh, and uh, so I just got to there on Flash. So I'm slowly setting up. But Ralph Dibney, you guys, always oh, did good. not sell me Dibney <laughs> well enough. Which I understand. You didn't want me going in. You know how excitable I am. But like, oh my god, this is the closest to Guy Gardner I can get on TV. Like, just the lovable. Oh, he's more goof- he's more goofy than Guy Gardner though. Yeah, yeah, but it's there. Like, the fact that he's the... It's a slight spoiler, but they go to a strip club for Barry's bachelor party, and he's the <laughs> customer of the year. Like, that just... No, it wasn't, because, it wasn't even of the year. It was just... It was just a <laughs> yeah. plaque in the wall with his yeah. face on it saying, you know, yeah. MVP or whatever the phrase was. Yeah, <laughs> and this is... And, you know, part of me at first was just like, oh... Well, there's no Gingold, and oh, we're Sue, and it's like, well, no, this is this is before Sue. Like Sue can come in on the show and and ground him, and you know, but like the nose twitch was there, and him saying, "I can smell a mystery," you know, I just again sea level comic character that can hold my attention. To to quote uh, Brian Michael Bendis, uh, "Everyone's an A lister when they're eight creative hands." That's true. That's true. So, very good quote. I like that. And Flash. That, that's what I love about this Flash TV show is they've they've done that so many times now that when they whiff on a character, it feels like they you know what I mean. Like they mm. actually whiffed. But yeah, they're yeah, whiffing the occasional one. Like yeah, I, I wish some of the rogues were a bit better established. Like Mirror Master was just a, a captain. Uh, well, yeah, captain. But Mirror Master is like one like episode and a bit like throwaway. He's not really a big deal. Whereas in the you know the comics, uh, he's a huge deal. So, I don't yeah. know. so yeah, there's, there's complaints to be had, but its heart is typically in the in the right, in the right place. place. And, the, and same same with Flash. And I'll get caught up on Legend. You guys are constantly telling me how much of a fun cartoon oh, TV show that is. But so. all I'll say is, there's an episode on season three which is basically the ET episode. Yeah, you will I'll, you will uh, dig that episode. I promise you. Oh yeah, yes, I will. I will catch up once I get caught up on Flash and. And all that. It was it was a mighty undertaking, but slowly but surely I'm getting there. But don't 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 bother. if you didn't finish season one of Legends, just skip that. Start season two. Yeah. You'll be fine. Yeah. yeah that's where it gets good. Well, that's where the JSA is. That's where I'd start logically anyways. So uh, yeah, that's exactly where the JSA is, yep. Uh, yeah. Alright, so we had a bit of a tangent with T V shows and stuff. Yeah. But uh hey, it was a big weekend, uh, all that kind of stuff. News, crossovers, shenanigans. Uh but let's talk about books. Let's talk about uh, comic books. So Let's start with Batman Annual number two, Tom King rating, Lee Weeks and Michael Lark on art. Uh, I had no idea what this was was going into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, okay, it's an annual. Tom King, I think, I think I saw you said on Twitter that, oh, it is important to the overall main thing that's going on. It's not just a random yeah. side story or anything like that. Uh, and I'm like, okay, okay, cool. Because uh, it's one of the things that bothers me about Annual sometimes. Is I I hate when I feel like... Because sometimes it can be very good standalone things, but it just kind of bugs me where I'm like, oh, I, I kind of wish this was just the main chapter of the, the story. Yeah, there's there's usually three takes on it. There's the, we're just going to make this an oversized issue and tie it in like they did with Supergirl, right, during mm. the Emerald Olympus stuff. Or they'll make it just strictly standalone, like some of the ones that are going to be, they're talking about later. Or they do this that is part of the overall story but not exactly necessary it feels like extra uh and in a good way and this is how i prefer my annuals to be because it's you know they're a they're easy to file away in my comic boxes you know you don't have to slot them in the story 
you can keep them in their own section. But but yeah, this issue, uh, Michael Lark, uh, seeing him draw Gotham again mm. was fantastic because I think the only stuff of his I've read at DC was Gotham Central. So very, very nice. But it was a bit distracting when I got to his section because it automatically looked like Lazarus. <laughs> and I was just like, Oh, wait, whoa, weird. Okay, no, where's where's Trevor? Oh, wait, no, wrong book. So, yeah. worth mentioning, though, Lee Weeks' art is also fantastic. The, oh, yeah. The art, the art throughout is gorgeous. Uh, have you gone back and read the Elmer Fudd? I haven't, no. Okay, because that was the same team. Lee Weeks did the Elmer Fudd stuff. And uh, there's, there's a bit of a, an homage to that here, which oh, I thought okay. was fun. Uh, so, so the plot of this then is, uh, it's a, it's, for the vast majority, it's a flashback story about when mm-hmm. ba- Batman and Catwoman were first kind of meeting. Not, maybe not their first meeting per se, but kind of the, in the early days when they're first sort of Yeah, entangled. they're familiar with each other. The, the boat or street incident has happened. And, yeah. You know, they already, have a playful relationship. They're already arguing about it, so uh-huh. <laughs> that's, that's already happened. But she's like stealing the Batmobile, and Batman's pissed about it. Alfred's making these catty lines. Uh, and then oh, I love King's Alfred. I like. Oh, it's, he's great. The next annual, I want to be about the day in the life of Alfred Pennyworth, and it's just him going around being sassy to different members of the Bat family. <laughs> like, here's my five bucks now. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. So, so basically, she keeps coming back to the Wayne Manor and keeps stealing or at least breaking in to different things. Yeah. She it it goes back to their first the 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 rooftops. Mm. is why why do she why does she run and it's because batman has to chase her and that's their entire relationship right now and I, I felt like batman's learning how to flirt almost because at first he's taking the super seriously and he's super pissed like catwoman's breaking into the manor she knows who he is yeah because I, I love that that page where he realizes she's here again he's like oh she the alarms she's broken through again and he jumps up yeah. off the couch in his pajamas and he's running for yeah. her uh, which yeah. leads to that fantastic because she's called the cops in advance so that he can't chase yeah. her because yeah. he can't he can't show that he's Batman in front of the cops. Right. So uh, I'm have, running out of Wayne Manor. Yeah. yeah. So so we have that uh, glorious full page spread of her jumping out in the rain with the cops in the foreground. Oh. It is beautiful stuff. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's really great. But yeah, so so she keeps breaking in and she has that thing where she steals the the, the, the she she almost steals the the, the mother's peril. Yeah, yeah. From, from the safe, and she doesn't take it because she it, it, it says it's her mother, his mother's, and she gives it back. Uh, she still runs, of course. She still teases him yeah. because that's who she is. Yeah. Uh, and this was kind of a perfect compliment to the last issue of Batman mm. because of I, I mean I wasn't here to talk about that, but like her whole conversation with Talia and why why she loves Bruce that's all summed up here just without the amount of dialogue like. Weeks and and King really work together here, just to show, like, their relationship in a nutshell, is she runs, he chases, he gets upset, she laughs, and that's kind of where they're at, even now, you know, even even throughout the what we've seen with with the I am suicide stuff, she still kept a sense of humor while he was being super serious. So, hmm. Uh- no, and she keeps leaving every time she breaks in, she leaves a mouse. And Alfred, Alfred's getting, get, getting, you know, no, no pun intended, but he's, he keeps getting ratty because he's having to take care of more, more mice. Like, if she yeah. leaves another mouse, tell her to leave money to feed the bloody things. Yeah, and I love too that when he finally catches up with her, he's like, she's like, how would you figure this out? And he's like, oh, well, the droppings. 
uh, leads back to the lead paint in this building. <laughs> and he's like, mouse poo? Really? In Never thought I would hear the words coming from Batman going, mouse poo. Yeah. Really? Uh, let's like, not gloss over that double page spread of them standing on the rooftop in the rain. There, mm-hmm. there is again, rooftops. There you go. See, yeah. all, all comes back. This is, I was so critical of King at the beginning, but his, he definitely writes for the long game. Because between, you know, Kite Man, hell yeah, and that whole subplot, and now the Batman-Catwoman relationship, it's uh, it's making me love Batman. I never thought I would say that. You guys heard it here. Connor's missing out. But <laughs> it's been a very long time since I made Batman the first thing I read, you know? And and now it, it is every week. Well, every week it comes out anyways. So, yeah, it's hooey. Man, just I'm just looking because he chases her after that dull pitch spread, and like, he's just he ends up losing her. He just he's standing there in the rain, and he's shouting out "cat" like at the top mm-hmm. of his lungs in the rain. It's just it's so atmospheric. Uh, yeah. Of course, that, that's before he finds her back at her place with the mouse poo. And again, as you said, he's smirking as he says, "Yeah, yeah. mouse poo." <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, and you know, this is their first mm-hmm. kiss, I imagine, given the context. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can infer that maybe. Because you can also infer that maybe... Oh, wait. Where's it at? Because there's that other one. I'm it's not, not cycling through. Yeah, it's not when they almost kiss at the safe. It's later on. It's yeah, after okay, the chase in the yeah, rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, The single page spread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. And she's spilling the wine behind her. Yeah. Also, it's yeah, a little great. touch that the, the cat at the bottom of the page is uh, rubbing up against Brucey's leg. Yeah. Nice little touch. Marking him. Yeah, yeah. well, it's the cat saying you're mine. And that's kind of what <laughs> Woman's done. You know? As someone with three cats, I know I know that all too well. <laughs> My cat comes to do that, and I try to stiff arm her, and she gets mad. So, <laughs> just like, no. <laughs> yeah. No. But it's a, that's a really... So, up to this point, it's very moody, it's very atmospheric, it's a very fun examination, kind of like linking back to that rooftop stuff, uh, yeah. of their playful nature, and her teasing him. And then, you know, at the end of this, they start fighting about the, the, the boat in the street. You know, how did we meet? And it transitions to a possible future where they aren't old, right? So, so yep. they're old and grey. They don't actually say what what age they are no, specifically. It just, it just says later, and you can tell that they're aged. Yeah. You know, they both got some wrinkles, grey hair. And that's where the Michael Arcs art, yeah. yeah. That's where Michael Arcs art comes in, and yeah, it's just, there's like no super heroics here. No, it's no. It's all just interpersonal, and, and yeah, you find out one of them's sick. Yeah, you think you oh, as it goes on, you realize it's Bruce who's dying, um, and it's just it, it it hurts. And also, I love the touch that they have a, a daughter named uh, Helena Wayne. Helena, that is so cool. Because like, for well, and she's in, and she's basically in Batwoman suit. Like there's... she's in Batwoman suit, but she's got blue hair. It's badass. Yeah. I I, I yeah. want this uh, this book, this uh, Batwoman of the future, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, <laughs> call what you want. This is where this is again DC versus versus Marvel growing up where. Reading, coming up reading comics was there were Elseworlds that would play with this stuff after this. You know what I mean? Like, if it was there enough, and and hopefully if the demand's there, like we can get, you know, even if it's just a, a one shot. Yeah, for for the, for the new uh, folk who okay. don't understand why we're we're giggling and awing at Helena Wayne is because uh, in previous continuity, 
uh, on Earth Two, I believe she like yeah. she was Huntress, like Helena Wayne, like Huntress yeah. was the daughter of Batman and Catwoman. That was the the whole thing. Yeah. So ha- having this say, you know, in the future they're going to have a daughter named Helena, and maybe she won't be Huntress exactly, but she'll be something. Oh. She'll be a Bat character. But but even you look at her cowl, and it's similar to Huntress, like the build yeah. of it with her hair coming out. It's not quite Batwoman, even though it looks like Batwoman's, you know, costume. Uh, yeah, yeah, logo even like her symbol. Or even even just even just the gloves and the, the like it's just the yeah. red in all the right places. It's just it's the head that's different. Uh, yeah, and so and it, and it's also similar to Catwoman. You know what I mean? Like the way that it looks. So it's the perfect blending of the two. And and yeah, so it, it plays with that older continuity. But she there. she's she's the one answering the signal, which I, I kind of like. Is yep. that it, it's passed on to to, to new people. Yeah. Uh, and of course, it'd pass on to their kid if the kid wanted to do it. Well, yeah, and, and also that's always been the thing like with the dark knight returns is bruce can never quit but here king creates this future where yeah he's he's married to to selena and yeah maybe he hasn't quit fully like he's still probably helping like batman beyond but it's no longer his war he's created a you know a family he has i don't want to say disciples that's so too harsh but you know he has the bat family and they even they you know you see them at one point, and it well, was fun to to look at older versions of these characters. Oh, it is, and I I think I I, I love that he he says to her, "Hey, when I'm gone, go to Barry, go go to the Flash, and let mm-hmm. him find a different Batman for a different universe to look after you." Like he, he like I, I like that idea that he knows someone who can go and he doesn't want her to be alone. And then yep. I think the most heartbreaking scene in the book though is when he's trying to lift the weights in the cave, and Selina comes okay. down and he can't, he drops them. And it just it feels like she's watching him get old and weak, and it's just it yep. because he's because you know Bruce is typically such a strong character. He's like the the machismo kind of goal in life, mm-hmm. without going too far with it. But he is kind of the, that goal. Well, he's, he he broods. He's it's the one thing in Batman I relate to is him going, you know, no, I can do this, and you can't do it, and you don't want to show vulnerability, so you're just like I'm going to keep trying, and that's usually when you get hurt. Um, and there's another line that we skipped over that I wanted to, to talk about oh, where in the beginning part, him and Catwoman are talking and it's kind of when she breaks him down and he, he addresses her. Let me give me a minute. I got to find it, but I did put it on Twitter. So that might actually be the quicker one to find. So please hold. We will return to your regular scheduled programming. As yeah. Mark finds this quote. Thank you. Come again. Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm having a hard time finding it in Oh, my the... God. Okay. That's, that's just fantastic radio. Yes, it is. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, hold on. While you're doing that, I actually want to try and play... Admittedly, like, this would be better if you were on the page as well, which, given your current mm-hmm. predicament, maybe is a bad thing to ask. Yeah. But I want to try and guess who all the older Bat family members are. Because yeah. this page where they're at, at his bedside as he's dying and Selina's on the bed with him, we see all these characters. Now, obviously, the red hair with glasses... Uh, well, it's like Kelly. Yeah, the younger one is. The older one who's hugging the grey-haired guy, I assume that's Barbara and Dick. Yep. Uh, are we thinking... Are we thinking that's Jason on the far left and then the far right is With Tim? the red. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, I yeah. Uh, Purple hoodie must must be Stephanie with the blonde yeah. hair. So, I mean, that must be Tim right next to her. Yeah. And then you got Duke uh, with the yellow on. Uh-huh. Uh, who's the one orange at the back? I don't know. I. That's where I would have to say 
Which one's Damien? Damien has to be there. Ah, uh, that's you know? true. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if that's Damien in the far left. Yeah. Because Jason... And then maybe that's... As a redhead. in orange. Originally, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Cass probably is the, the last brunette there on the left. Yeah, oh, I also took that that could be that could be Helena. She'd want to be there. Oh, true, yeah. The daughter. I, given this page, though, I feel like it isn't just because it's, it's meant to be all these people that we yeah. recognise from before. Yeah. So I, I'm going to say it's yeah, Cass, yeah. but... Did you find your quote? <laughs> yeah, I found it. I have to go back to it now because I had to look at that page. <laughs> but it's it's right before they kiss, and it's it's at the top of the page, and she's asking, you know, you've known since the beginning, and still you let me. Why? And Batman goes, sometimes I like being alone, and then I hate everything because of it. And that's the one line that I can finally be like, I understand Batman, because that that's my eternal dilemma is. Sometimes I just want to be left alone, but then when I'm left alone, I'm like, well, they all just left me alone, you know? And that's Batman in a nutshell. It's when he's brooding and he's just like, well, I'm going to sit here and be miserable because my parents. But Catwoman brings out this other side in him where she's like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to let you be by yourself because I'm going to make you chase me. And I just, man, that, that panel hit and it hit me right in the heart light. Like... And that's where I was like, God damn it, Tom King. And then you get to the end and, and you see him, you know, not be able to lift the weight and he's vulnerable just like he was in that, that, uh, and she's right there. Yeah. The, and then the, he's in the bed. The, there's oh. a nice, there's a nice side to it where he's only not alone at the end. At least, I mean, obviously to have his bat family there, sure, but he's only yeah. not alone at the end because she kind of forced him not to be alone earlier on. Like, like if 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 she hadn't done this, if she hadn't pursued him and made him chase her, he would be alone at the end. Uh, yeah. at least as far as like a relationship would be concerned, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so it's a really nice idea. But you know, and then, then the final moment is she she finds the the note saying that he still loves her in the in the the old Batmobile. Oh man. Yeah. It's, feel feels were with, had <laughs> with with a new little kitty, like. Yeah. yeah. Oh life, man. Life moves on. Yeah. No. That's and that's what... it. <laughs> uh, t- typically, annuals tend to be my least favorite things in comics. Mm-hmm. Not always, but mostly because they usually do feel separate or because they feel tacked on just to have an extra book out in the fifth week. Which is why I like it when it typically ends up being like, oh no, it's just the next chapter in whatever story we're doing. Uh, yeah. That this is kind of a, a, a different touch for me, where it's just kind of a perfect companion to what's going on. Uh, and no, this is this was extremely good. Yeah, again, coming off of that last issue of Batman with Talia and Selena, and it just again it tells a cohesive story. But had you not read this, you know, and you jump to the next part, it's fine. Like slotting this into like a trade later, you just put it at the end. Yeah, you yeah. don't have to mix it in, and and, and I kind of like that about it. So, and it was just a wonderful issue between the art of. Funny uh, thing is, it probably uh, will it probably will go in between issues just because it happens to be between two arcs anyway. But that's just kind yeah. of coincidence, more than anything else. Yeah, but yeah, between Weeks' art and then Lark's art, you know, and again, Lark comes in and doesn't do really any superhero stuff. It's relationship stuff. To be to be fair, coming up, that's what he's really good at. He's good at he's good at the the character reactions, emotions, the, the sequential yeah. stuff in that sense. Because, you know, Gotham Central, it's mostly faces reacting to things and talking. And 
and that's where I was going to get to is, you know, for, for all the great action sequences he does, you know, again, in Gotham Central and in uh, Lazarus, the stuff that I always remember from there are the emotional beats. So it's, yeah, man, a great issue. All right, well, I think we can uh, we can move on from there then and go on to Green Arrow Annual Number 1, Benjamin Percy writing Eleonora Carlini on art. So what's funny is this was the first month Green Arrow went single shipping, but yep. it almost feels like we don't have to fuel that until next month because we got an annual. Yep. So uh, that said, this one is a bit more separate, and you can tell it was meant to come out in August originally because they had to put in a little editor's note at the start of this saying, this takes place before issue 25 because <laughs> he's still got his treehouse. Yeah. <laughs> So there's Treehouse, the, the Space Needle's still up. There's oh, Space still Needle, Seattle, yeah. not Star City. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this issue I wasn't big on. Just it felt kind of messy. It was a bit and, messy. I I liked the back half a lot more than the first half. Yeah. I think my, my... So basically the plot of this is is that Count Vertigo is kind of like making everyone see hallucinations. Everyone but Black Canary because she wasn't there. Or, no, not because she's not there. It's because she, no. because of her ears. She, she's not affected because her ears are like built to withstand the sound of her screams. So, yeah, exactly. So it doesn't so she, it's affect part of her. her meta power. Like, she has this membrane over her eardrums that's yeah. not affecting her. But it's kind of making people feel like, you know, their, their best moments or their worst moments. And sometimes yeah. they're... One and the same. It's basically making them hallucinate various things. Yeah. Uh, my big problem with this is that it spent far too long in Oliver's hallucination because the one I liked a lot was Emmy's. Emmy's was cracking me up because Emmy's facet, uh, fantasizing that Dick Grayson's in love with her yep. and wants her, which was doubly funny because I'm like, Damien's got a crush on her and she's got a crush yeah. on Dick. That is hilarious. His older brother. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually really funny. Uh, but hers was like one, two pages and it was uh, it made its point. It was funny. It got to its thing. Oliver's been on for pages and pages and it was like yeah. all this various stuff going on. There was flashbacks when he was a kid and there was, I was like, okay, this is too long. It was hard to make sense of it. And then I got to Emmy's and she fights her mom and, you know, at the end of it. And it, it made sense from where we've gone with the character. And with Ollie, it just was just like, well, I feel like it was setting up because, again, this was supposed to come out in August. I feel this was supposed to be setting up Moira before we got her Yeah. at the end of the last because – there's also that scene with Merlin, like, you get to the flashback of him being a kid, and I couldn't tell if that was a hallucination or an actual memory. Yeah, I mean, then, yeah Merlin's uh, sneaking out the back window because Moira was having yeah. an affair. <laughs> yeah. but, but I was looking at Moira, I was like, why does it look like she's putting her shirt on? Like, And then you get to that page, and, and Merlin's in the back, so I was kind of like, oh, okay. I mean, well. I'll, I'll credit that a little bit. I'll credit that it, it generally looks she was putting her shirt on. So you actually went, why is she doing that? And then it made sense the next yeah. page. So I, I actually, I mean, I don't think the art in this is great. I wouldn't say it's bad. It's, it's kind of, it suffers because Green Arrow has typically has some of the best artists at DC great. working on it. Yeah. So that, this by comparison just kind of feels like, oh no, it's not, it's not bad. It's, it's got its moments. Uh, like I say, yeah. I, I think later on it's better because when it, when it becomes, oh, Black Canary's actually speeding down on her bike and she's getting up to like Count Vertigo yeah. to you know stop everything. That 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 was you know that that's just pretty good. Like I had fun with that. Yeah, but so Vertigo's using the space needle as an amplifier. Yeah, you know to to send these things out, and it was cool that it was the Lemire's Count Vertigo because I got a little bit worried at the beginning. You see the dude from the Vertigo, mm. you know VR thing, uh, and I was like, oh, okay, that, that's a little troublesome. But oh no, it, it's this guy. And then I like how they dealt with him. You know, uh, at the end, that was fine. 
Yeah, the, the, yeah. Ac- the action scene in the snow and like her on her bike and using her stream all over the place. Yeah. And then, you know, Oliver shooting a bunch of arrows to catch her because she's falling through the sky at one point. So he just yeah. shoots tons and tons of uh, grapple arrows to, you know, yeah, basically make like a, a net. Uh, like a net. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, so that, that was fine. It, it, it was just kind of, this is kind of an example of uh, where I was like, okay, this is kind of separate and doesn't affect it. And, and well, I actually like the idea behind the issue. I feel like it would have actually been stronger if it was a regular length issue. I actually think being extended to annual yep. length is what hurts it the most. Yep. Well, because then you feel like you have to get Roy's thing, and, and I felt like that slowed it down. Like, yeah, I didn't that, think that, we needed his. That was like another five or six pages of him. Oh, yeah, he used to have alcohol problems. Remember this? Um, yeah. Without it really feeling like it was accomplishing much. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, but again, Count Vertigo was fun, and that action sequence was pretty good. So. I liked it when but it came, yeah. came together a bit more. It was just the first half; it was a bit of a slog because it was just it was spending far too much time in all these hallucinations. Definitely. So, yeah, yeah, that's it. Art, yeah, that's... it was okay, but it wasn't. You know, well, we'll talk about uh, well, art that I wasn't a fan of coming up. You know, it wasn't Farai, it wasn't Schmidt, it wasn't uh, Burn. And mm-hmm. even 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 Burn feels like a step down when we get to him compared to the other two. And Burn's good. It's yeah. just you yeah. know. <laughs> um, yeah. But hey, uh, so no, nah, that was a quick one, but there's not a whole lot to say with it. Uh, so we'll move on, uh, actually, to Aquaman Annual Number One. If this is not Abner, I was actually I didn't know this when I actually went to read yep. this until I opened it and went, "Oh, Philip K. Johnson is writing this." Had, uh, had I known, so I started reading this because I got caught up on Aquaman, so mm-hmm. now I'm up to date finally. And had I known this wasn't Abner, I would have just skipped it, you know. Um, but. I mean, I don't know if I would outright skipped it because I, I had no basis to say that I didn't like Philip K. Johnson necessarily. Yeah. But, like, so we also got Max uh, Fiumara on art. Oof. <laughs> There's Max's very quick opinion on how the art is. So this is basically just, uh, you know, Superman, you know, uh, what do you get for the man it's, who has everything? It's basically that story yeah, for it's, Aquaman. It's for the, which is my, like, favourite Superman story of all time. But it's just him with with Aquaman. And I felt like it's a direct copy. Yeah, like, there's, no, there's nothing. There's nothing to it. It's Aquaman and Mira having a son. Like they, they go to this piece of like I say land. It's not quite land if it's underwater. But you know what I mean. No. It's it's a plot of uh, seabed, and he's like, hey, we're going to put a building here that's you know rise all the way up above the surface. It's going to be for people and Atlanteans alike, and it's going to be this great thing. And then it then it flashes to what feels like the future. Uh, again, with them being mm-hmm. old, they have a kid. And some of the Justice League shops, Superman's there with grey hair, and you've got all these other characters. Um, Wonder I, I, Woman hasn't aged, which I loved. Like, that was a cool touch. I think, I think apart from the fact that this is just a copy of uh, For the Man Who Has Everything, it's actually also a little too similar to the idea of the end of the Batman annual, where you've got your flash into the future. So it's kind of yeah. like, eh, we just did this and much better, with much better art. Because the art in this, like, yeah. I mean, sometimes it's okay, and then sometimes the faces just look like, what is going on? Grotesque. Yeah. yeah. Like. Yeah. That said, I love the fact that Hal Jordan is missing an arm and he creates one out of the, the green, green yeah. lantern. The light, yeah. Uh, that was pretty cool. That's an okay touch. But the overall story, too, I just. Reading it, I was like, this feels like a Black Mercy 
Oh wait, it's a Black Mercy. It's, it's exactly. It, it's not even a, a, a twist in a Black Mercy story. It's just a Black Mercy story. No, the the only it, thing I kind of liked about this whole thing because you see that in the real world, Merc and some Atlantean soldiers are trying to like get to him and break him out yep. of it. And again, this seems to be set in the past because it's it's pre beard. It's Willie Still King. Yep. Um, so that's a little bit strange, but whatever. But the one thing I liked about it, though, the only story point I liked, I liked the idea that in his Black Mercy hallucination, Batman shows up and tells him it's fake, even though he admits yeah. afterwards that, wait a minute, you must be fake as well. And he's like, yeah, I am fake. Don't trust yeah. anyone but you and Mira. I am fake. You know, break out of this. I do kind of yeah. like the idea that, you know, if this is all coming from his mind, because the Black Mercy's taking stuff from his head, that yeah. even in his mind, Batman's the cynical one who figures things out. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Like, well, he represents the... He represents he the doubt relate, in his head. Yeah, well, to me, he can relate to Wonder Woman, Superman, and Hal Jordan, I, and I feel that that's why those were chosen. You know, there's something in each of them, and that's why the Black Mercy would have played on that, mm. because Arthur sees himself in each one of them. Each one of them's kind of an outsider in a way that Batman's not, you know? So, yeah, okay. you know, so, yeah, and I did like that, but just the stuff with the sun, and, and it felt like the Trinity story, too, that we just got from Manipole. With, yeah, with the, Ivy's. The, the start of that, the Trinity yeah. book, yeah. So yeah, it, just, I, it was such a slog to read too. It took me two settings to it, read. It was just a lot of things that we just got recently, and sometimes the same week, sometimes just a little bit ago, yeah. and then in terms of Superman, just a classic story. It just it felt like a lot of things. Yeah. And I'd almost forgive all of that if it was really well done, but honestly, it was just kind of slogged through, uh, and the art was really rough at times, so... Yeah. Uh, I, I cannot recommend this Aquaman annual. I, this would have been an easy skip. H- had I looked at a yeah. preview of this, I'd have probably skipped it. <laughs> yeah. That said, the one through line I did like was his son, uh, Tom, named of course, named after Aquaman's dad, uh, talking about they were going to go pick out a pet for him, basically, and he was going to pick up a dolphin. And so there's this whole thing that they were supposed to take me to the dolphins, and then at the end, when they're sitting there, and they have to, him and Mira have to, you know, contemplate this kid that they shared together that never existed you know the emotion's still there and the dolphins jump up out of the water i thought that was a really nice moment that played at the through line throughout but like the rest of it was so one or two nice ideas but that was about it yeah not much to offer there you go that's the aquaman annual not much else to really add to it uh so we will move on to the super sons annual number one peter j tomasi writing paul pelletier on art and Again, as much as the cover was basically screaming it at me, I actually never looked ahead to see what this story was. Nope. So after a few pages, when it it switched over to the pets, I was like, "Oh, is this going to be a pet story?" And holy yep. shit, it was. So basically, you know, Robin and Superboy are doing their thing. They catch someone. It's, it's all fun. Bank robbers. Superbar. Super, yeah, because he, 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 he's saying, I'm Superboy, and he gets hit by a car, so he kind of muffles the end of it. So Robin is making fun of him for the whole thing. Uh-huh. But there's a there's a thing going on. There's dog nappings happening throughout Gotham, mm-hmm. and Crypto hears of this. You know, Superboy comes home. He's like, "Oh, I'm going to bed, Crypto." Oh, and he falls asleep. And Crypto sees what's going on. He's like, "I'm not having this." He goes to nope. Wayne Manor and gets Titus the Bathound, and I'm like, "Oh shit! It's going to be the 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 dogs teaming up for a case. This is great." Not just the dogs, also Bat Cow. It shows that Crypto and Bat Cow are buddies. Oh, that's true, yeah. He goes to Bat Cow first and he's like, hey, where's the dog? Yep. <laughs> is basically yep. what happens. But, and so, then uh, Bat Cow sends out the signal. And then I'll just say, I'll never not get tired of seeing Crypto carry Titus. Oh, yeah, that's in, great. In the harness. I it's, just. 
It's fantastic. Oh. And so, so at first I'm thinking, all right, it's going to be, it's going to be basically the super dogs, basically, uh, yeah. working on a case. And then they go to Detective Chimp, which you know, obviously, is a nice fist pump moment if you happen to enjoy yeah. Detective Chimp. And he's like, I, I see what you want to do, Crypto. You want to get the, the super pets back together. And then it cuts to this flashback panel of them with Streaky, the freaking super cat, yeah. uh, uh, Flexy, the plastic bird, and then the little clay baby thing, which I'm not familiar with this clay thing. Which, that, that's new to me. Is that clay new? Cutter. Yeah. I, I think yeah, that's, that's just... That's new to me. Yeah. I think that's it's just for the, uh, the backstory for setting up why they kind of fell apart. Uh, yeah. So basically, they, 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 get, they get Flex of the Bird, they go and find Streaky, but Streaky's, Streaky's mad at Crypto for what happened the last time yep. they worked together. So Streaky and Crypto have some fights, and the others have to like come in and like separate. This is glorious. I love this. Which <laughs> is fantastic. It's one of those issues where you could have had narration from one of the dogs. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you don't need it. Because Pelletier and the art sells everything. It- and then the letterer, just with the, with the right... You know, sound effects. Yeah, oh, where it needs to be, and then, and you know, various yeah. various animal noises. Crypto writing, like, so they're they're doing this mystery, trying to find the lost, you know, pets of of Gotham. But Crypto sees a merry-go-round that he just has to ride. <laughs> it's so he decides to ride it, and Titus is kind of looking at him like, okay, well, you know, uh, but yeah, it was. So Can I just say, I, I like the idea that. The, the bat hound is just a regular dog. There's actually nothing about him that makes him super in any way, yet he's still here to help. Yeah, because you know, obviously, Streaky and Crypto have, you know, are, have the, the powers of a Kryptonian, yeah. and then you got Flexi, who's, you know, Plastic Man Bird, who has powers, yeah. you know, can stretch and all the rest of it. Um, mm-hmm. Also, in the flashback, you see a panel of, like, the, 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 the Injustice League of Pets, with, uh, mm-hmm. what do you call him, Dexter from the Red Lanterns leading them. Yeah. That's kind of amazing. I'm not going to lie. No, which they always uh, and they it's got whose owl is that? Is it just a court of owls? Owl? I think so. I think, I, I think it's two hyenas and a, a court of owls. So yeah. bas- basically, well, those what, are Harley's hyenas. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. the Harley's hyenas. And I think what that's telling us is that we need a few more evil pets to to round yeah. out this team, so we can have some oh, sort what? of some sort of fight. But no, uh, I need more Streaky in my uh, comics. I, I was yeah, delighted so. to see Streaky have a, a prominent role in this. Also, I love that. Uh, her and Titus are good buds. Uh, she she purrs yeah. up, snuggles up to him. They're quite happy. Crypto does not look very but pleased. I feel like she's only doing it to make Crypto mad. And again, that just be my relationship with Cat. You know. <laughs> no, but... I I think that's a pessimistic point of view. I think they have. Yeah. I, I think she's actually attached to Titus because cats do get attached. Oh, makes sense. Uh, also, I did like seeing Ace, but he's not part of this yet because he's still kind of new. But yeah, yeah, him he... and. Him and Titus were asleep in front of the fireplace in Wayne Manor, which I thought was a fun touch. So basically, uh, Ace needs to become the Robin dog. That's, that's yeah. essential. What has to happen there? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. As long as we're agreeing on that. Um, yeah. But you see that uh, Streaky, like, because they, they go on this mission. Flexy with the dogs go on the mission, but Streaky stays behind. But you can see you get this little, this little love heart uh, thought bubble of Crypto. It's like. You know that that makes the you get that feeling where she wants to go, but she's still mad at him. She can't quite bring yeah. herself to do it. It's just oh, it's so this is great. <laughs> this is mm-hmm. it, if you're a fan of cats and dogs, I feel like this issue yep. is just going to hit all the right notes for you. Yeah, it just it just speaks. And then Flexi, who's a, a newer character that I've never encountered before, mm. but that was a lot of fun. Turns into an arrow, you know, and a bear to show him where to go. Um, 
and then yeah, so they find out who's been stealing these these pets, and it's it's an alien that feels like the pets are being disrespected by humans, hmm. uh, and it's going to take them somewhere else, not realizing that the pets, you know, most of the pets love their person, and they oh. they want to be there, you know, and so we get this fun prison break, you know, where all the dogs come out and they're chasing Flexi. And so they go across the panel and then they run back and then Flexi comes back and it's in a, I don't know if Flexi's a boy or a girl, but the parrot's now in a bear form. Yeah. Chasing the dogs, which I thought was just, that, you know, it's great. Uh, you also get Crypto Lander in front of the truck that the alien's driving. My favorite moment, of yep. course, is when the alien's about to get away and Streaky does show up to save the day with mm-hmm. Bat Cow. She, she's, she's flown Bat Cow to be a roadblock for this little spaceship yep. that the alien's got. It's, oh man, this is just pure joy. Pure, pure, pure unadulterated joy. Uh, yep. I want more, I want more Streaky. I want, I want more, uh, Justice League of Pets uh, <laughs> stories. I mean, I, I don't think yeah. I quite want an ongoing, but I will happily take an annual of this every year. If this wants to be the, the, yeah. the yearly annual for Super Sons, I will take or, it. Yeah, or even you put them in the holiday special ah, or there something, you go. they can have yeah. a Christmas story. Um, but I'm looking at, at what is Streaky's history? I think I think this is the first time she's popped up in this continuity. Yeah. Uh which is weird. I feel like they have to kind of explain where she came from in this continuity because she's just kind of here. Yeah, but I feel like it's not really a Kryptonian cat. I feel like it's just a cat that ended up with Kryptonian powers. You know. Oh but sure, yeah. I'm not. I'm not too <laughs> sure on that. I'm just looking. Uh, I feel like I should be an expert on Streaky the Cat, but I'm not. I'm, I'm sorry yeah. to say. Well, apparently, in, in Supergirl number ten, it's revealed that Kara has a female cat. But in 14, it's revealed her name Streaky because she doesn't get the concept of a litter box. Um, which I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but it made me laugh. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> um, no, I, I, I thoroughly recommend this. I, I think this was a delightful story. Uh, it uh, had a nice art, as you say. Uh, yep. Got all the expressions from the animals down really well. And uh, no, I want more. So thank you. Also, I can see dogs, dogs do a fist bump. So... At the, the end, the final panel. That's and the that's so all right. I need life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no. So there you go. So, uh, super so, so I just I was kind of gushing over that, but it was, it was, it was, it was too nice. It was too oh, good. Fun. Uh, so, yeah, let's move on then to Mystic U number one. So we're on at the Prestige books. Uh, Elisa Quitney. Or is that Silent K? Is it just Whitney? He's just Quitney. Just Quitney, okay. Elisa Quitney, uh, writing and Mike Norton and Yishan Lee on art. So, uh, this is the the Magic Hogwarts DC edition where young Zatanna uh, goes to goes to magic school and you know ends up with uh, various other characters that, that sort of so some you know lesser known than others. Like I knew some of these characters, I didn't know all of them. That, that's my biggest takeaway is I feel like they write them as if we should know who they are, mm-hmm. and then. I don't know who they are. Well, and I, for me, that 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 says a lot because yeah. I, I run pretty deep, and even even the magic, the magic side of DC is my my weak point. Like I usually go to Connor for that, but yeah, you which know. you know, full disclosure, he did read this uh, on his on his bus yeah. ride and did mention that he loved it. Uh, so it's a shame he's not here to stick up for it because I wasn't really feeling this either. If I, I have a confession yeah. to make, you didn't like it. Not only did I not like it, I didn't finish it. 
Oh, Pete, what a <laughs> shit. But uh, so here's what happened, Matt, right? I got so you go through. There's a little bit of the start where the world seems to be ending. So, so you know, Zatanna yeah. gets zapped back to like, teenage years, and she, she's going to this this magic school. You know, Rose takes her there because her dad gets taken away. He goes to hell because she accidentally sends him to hell. Um, yeah. But she goes to this you know like Mystic U, and she's meeting the characters. And I'm like, okay, I kind of get what it's trying to do here. Like, okay, okay, I know who Faust is, but I'm not really sure who some of these characters are. Uh, obviously, Enchantress, I, I'm familiar with. But so they're doing this thing. And it got to the point where some stuff had happened, and then uh, one of the characters, I think it was Enchantress, was eavesdropping mm-hmm. on the adults uh, out at another building, this older building. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I'm like, oh man, I really don't like this book. I really want this to be over. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. where am I in the book? How many pages have I got left? And I checked, and I was just before the halfway point. And I went, yeah. nope, put it down, and that then look said, back. It picks up a lot at the end. So if you, you <laughs> oh, know, really? okay. go back and finish it when you have some time. My main problem again came from I feel like I should know who these characters are, and I feel like we picked up the story while another story was going on. But it, you know, so I feel like there's plot points that we should be aware of, and they try to make a big deal of. So like, we first meet Zatanna, and she's doing her stage show in Vegas with her dad, mm-hmm. right? But she's talking backwards. Okay, that's that's how she interacts with magic. That's Zatanna's thing. But. She's completely unaware that magic is real. Like when she sends her dad to hell, it's because she says it backwards and, you know, these demons pop up and dad goes to fight them and he disappears. But she's completely surprised that something happened. Why is she talking backwards if there's no Oh, I, th- I, th- I think it's just a part of the act. Yeah, see, but like... Because she's helping with this magic act and she thinks it's all fake and... Uh, like he says, I think he even says, he has a line where he says something like, oh, she always does things backwards or in reverse. And so either she always does it as part of the act, or she only does it at this particular point to make fun of him, or not make fun of him, but kind of a, a defiant thing. But because he said that. Yeah, but if that's the point, if she's always talking backwards and that's how she uses her magic, then shouldn't she be doing magic all the time? And shouldn't oh be no no no, surprised? I, 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 that, that's so obvious. No no. So basically, the reason why it works when it does is it's not just that she, she talks right? backwards; is that she like she taps into or partly so. Basically, the reason why it happens, why why I get sent to hell when she says go to hell, mm-hmm. uh, at least the way I'm reading it, because this is typically how this goes, is because she felt strongly about that statement. She she you know she she's mad at him, so she says it with meaning. She says it with feeling, with passion. So it's, it's kind of like how yeah. in any other story where like you know like X Men First Class, uh, Magneto's trying to turn the big right. satellite, and Xavier's like, no, right. you have to tap into your rage and your 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 love, both yeah, of them yeah, equally, yeah. to access it properly. So I think that's what it is. I think it's just a case of no, no. She, she. Yeah. This is the first time she accidentally done it because she tapped into like an emotion kind of thing. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of would have preferred it if she had to learn. You know what I mean? Like, there's other ways to get there. I think that weren't. I mean, I, as there. I, 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 I think it's fine in theory, and I think a lot of what the book is doing is fine in theory. I, I just think. Yeah. It needs to slow down its pace and make me actually like the characters a bit more because I wasn't yep. getting anything from any of them. Not really. No. no. I mean, Sargon's there. I do like the new character, but I can't remember her name. Her mom's a doctor. I think it's Pia. Mm. And so she, you know, her mom found out that this Mystic U wasn't a an Ivy and stopped caring, you know, because that's all she cared about. She doesn't care if it's a magic school uh, because it's not an Ivy League school. And so I like how she approaches magic with, like, the scientific awe. Like, hey, I'm going to figure all this out, you know, because that's how I interact with the world. And then just the Sargon thing with his emerald and, like, I just, 
I love Harry Potter. Like it's one of my big fandoms. You know, we we discussed, and I feel there's some beats here, but it just it feels half baked. Me, me, not me. so much. I'm not a Harry Potter guy. Yeah, I, I don't hate it, but I'm just kind of indifferent no, to it. But it does pick up at the end, so. You keep seeing like this muck monster, like like this like goo, like ectoplasm, and it keeps you know popping up at the school, and you think it's a threat, and you know so the kids go look for it, and they come to find out that no, it's this you know other dimensional creature that's showing up you know to to go to the school too because it, it doesn't have anywhere else it belongs. So you know there, there's a bit of an X Men vibe to it too, and it's fine. But, but yeah, it feels very half-baked. And I think throughout. if they nailed that feeling, I'd be into it. Like I'd be into yeah. them sort of like discovering what they can do yeah. and like. But yeah. I think they had to make like the characters first. And I also I think it's amazing that I read like twenty pages of this and didn't get to this slimer. <laughs> so yeah, you know yeah, uh, that's, that's you know so pacing's that's clearly it. an issue. Yeah, and so and they they try to play with like Sargon and Faust. It's it's Felix Faust's son Sebastian, but he's like Cyclops. He can't take off his glasses. Like you know. Yeah, I mean, for, for, for the record, like, I, I gave up in this one halfway. I didn't necessarily intend to not go back to it, I just never did. Yeah. Uh, I would never do that with a regular-sized issue, but because this was double-sized, I got to yeah, that halfway point, like, and I was like, oh, I God, no. Like being a prestige has hurt it, because we know we're only getting three of them, you know? Mm. But I feel like if this was, like, a six-issue mini, you could have slowed it down and exported it a little bit better. You know? Well, it's not so much that you just slowed it down because you still have the same amount of pages, but it would have forced them to put a hook in the first half of it. Whereas, yeah. Oh, my, your mic's going. Uh, whereas here, the first half of it, because they know you're reading the full, like, you know, 50 pages yeah. or whatever it is, yeah. they feel like they, they can wait until they get to the, the, the main plot of it. Whereas, yeah. if they were forced to put it into six individual issues, they'd be saying, no, no, this first 20 pages is going to decide whether or not someone buys issue two. So we have to. Yeah. You know, structure it in a way that works for that. Yeah. Now, obviously, we're not against prestige issues as a, a format because no. obviously, uh, being super Supergirl, that was fantastic. That 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 Wait, was that that was four though, right? Because this is three. Which... Uh, yeah, it was four. Yeah. Yeah, and so was Dead Man, right? D- no, that was three. Okay, so Supergirl was the one that was four. Yeah. Okay. So, so it can work with three or four. I mean, yeah. it can work with two. It just depends how long your story is. But yeah. uh, I I think it's just a case of not pacing it for the uh, the format that we're writing for. Yeah. Uh, and I felt that. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll probably read two, but I'm not... Or issue two. I'm not going to make a point of it, though. Like, if we have a busy week. Yeah. You know. Um, it'll just be for me. I, I actually think it may be another week five, because uh, there's one in January. So I think it'll okay. actually fall in week five again. So you, you probably have a good reason to just read it. Yeah. I probably will not, because I've not even finished the first issue. <laughs> so... That makes sense. I Reading it, I was kind of like, this isn't Pete's thing, because you yeah. have a very... You you like magic in a certain package, and you know here I didn't feel like it was there, and I mean, we didn't really even get to touch on the magic. Like there's this council of elders that work at the school, and you get the point that some of them remember before they had you know the end of the world, and the the we kind of skipped over the main premise is like there's one person that's basically going to betray the entire universe. That's one of these five students. That's Enchantress, Satana, uh, Sargon. Faust and Pia. Yeah, it's and... it's kind of a like a Terminator Days of Future Past story because yeah. it's basically rewound time to to yeah. now to figure out who's going to do it so they can stop yeah. it in the future. So that's basically yeah. the, the gist of it. But you know, um, but yeah. So you know, and then it I plays mean, out. You, I think you, you kind of see the the adults going at it, hinting at bigger things. But again, there's not enough of it there. I wish it just solely would have been. This is a new universe. Yeah. This is where the kids go 
and learn magic in DC. Kind of like being super was set in its own world. You know, we had we had yeah. Ron Swanson, you know, Pa Kent basically. Like <laughs> you know, uh versus trying to play with a little more familiar in, in ending up with this. Yeah, I, I think that would have been better. Uh I do think I mean given this a week five, I think you should read issue two just so that yeah. Connor because Connor will want to talk about it. So yeah. just so he has someone to bounce well, off. Well yeah. If we have a super busy week too, it's probably not going to add to the priority like it did this time. So this is the oh, second sure, yeah. thing I read after Batman. Uh, but, but yeah. But hey. I don't know. I, I like parts of it. I didn't like other parts. I did do what you did, checked, and I had another you know 40 pages left or so by the time I checked because, yeah. But, yeah, if, it, if it's a slower week five, cool. Yeah. But, I feel like a slog to me. So I, I mean, it wasn't the worst thing ever. Don't get me wrong. Like no, I'd no, say, the art is fantastic. Like I really enjoyed the art. Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, I, I would uh, say that I like this. I probably like this more than Aquaman Annual, even though I finished that one. Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, easy. But, this is you know, the, I, I feel there's more to it. This isn't. Uh, this is at least original. It's not just playing at a you know greatest hits Black Mercy story. Yeah. Or you know, but yeah. Alright, so I think we'll move on then to our last new book of the week, which is Batman Creature of the Night, issue 1, which is Kurt Busiek writing and Jean-Paul Leon on art. Uh, This is kind of a weird spiritual successor to Superman's Secret Identity, which Mm -hmm. Kurt Busiek wrote. That story, of course, was about Superman, uh, or a a person called Clark Kent in the real world, in the prime universe, if you will, who... Uh, his name Clark Kent. He hates his name because everyone makes Superman jokes about him. Because you know it's in, it's in yep. a world where Superman exists as a fictional character, uh, yep. but then one day he gets his, he gets superpowers, and it's kind of about this examination of what happens if someone really gets those powers, and it plays with all that thing. This is kind of in that vein. It's not the exact same thing. It's not the mm-hmm. it's not the person becoming Batman for real per se. But you've got this character, his name named Bruce Wayne, right? Who. Mm-hmm who loves Batman, actually. That was the first big difference for me, is he yep. loves Batman. He's, he's into the comics, yeah. he's reading all these issues, he's, he's into it. He, you he, see him he, as a kid in the 60s, and you know he loves Adam West show, because yeah. as he's trick-or-treating, he's doing the theme. And you know? his, his uncle... Uh, Alton? Frederick? It's Frederick, yeah, but he calls him Alfred, because he wants an Alfred in his life. Yep. It's genius, I love it. But yep. So, so he, he loves Batman... And uh, that's that's kind of the, the starting point. But then, of course, there's a there's a ho- home invasion, uh, a robbery whilst they're out. They get back, and his parents are killed, and he suddenly it's almost a, a version of that dark joke. Uh, oh, you want to be like Batman? Boom, your parents are dead. Like you know, it's yeah. it's kind of that that dark joke almost is the is the starting premise. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, the story's a lot about how his uncle tries to deal with it, but he doesn't take him in. He's not ready to be like a a, a new father. To eat. Yeah. He gets sent to a, a, a sort of boarding school, all this stuff. Um, so, so it's a very kind of a downbeat read. And but the Batman element of it though is actually kind of supernatural. Uh, mm-hmm. We we basically we we start to he starts to have these dreams where he he imagines that he's flying around the city and like killing criminals or at least hurting criminals. Yeah. And when we see like the criminals' perspectives, it's, it's this demonic-looking Batman kind of thing. It's this yeah. otherworldly like horror movie-esque thing. And uh, basically, by the end of the issue, you're getting the sense that this is kind of like his his subconscious is kind of like manifested into an actual sort of bat demon. Batman. Yeah, yeah, bat demon. There you go. So that, that's kind of the premise of the, the book. It's, it's a prestige book, so it's a long issue again. Um, yep. That's it. I thought this one much was much better paced than uh, Mystic yeah. U was. Um, yep. Honestly, I, I love this a lot. My o- honestly, my only complaint of the entire issue 
is that the lettering on the Alfred narration is it was a bit, hard to read. Is a rough read, yeah. Yes, I agree. It's it's cursive, but not quite. Like, I don't know why we couldn't just have regular, you know, notes. Like, I know, I know it's supposed to be from his journal because that's part yeah. of the theme. Is is it bounces between Alfred's journal and Bruce's journal? Um, but yeah. It, it was, there was some things. I like that when it goes to Bruce, it's a, it's a more kiddie kind of writing. Yeah. But you didn't have to go as extreme with Alfred to make that distinction. You could have just yeah. had nice, normal text for Alfred and then kiddie writing yeah. for Bruce. That would have worked fine. Exactly. <laughs> that'd, that'd uh, fine. And, and I liked some of the subtleties there that were at play with, with Uncle Alfred. It was, he says he's the only kin that he has, you know, and that's why he spends so much time. It's, it's actually his great uncle. It's his mom's uncle. But then you get this hint that he can't take in Bruce because of his lifestyle. And, you know, it's the late 60s, and I, I felt like Uncle Alfred was gay, but it wasn't accepted, and so he couldn't have this kid living with him. And that kind of also played on the, the whole seduction of the innocent, hmm. you know, with, with that, that psychiatrist that tried to ruin comics back in the 40s and 50s. Uh, so I thought that was a smart play there because it also gives Bruce the sense of isolation. Like Uncle Alfred doesn't want him there, but yeah. you know he does. He just he can't, but he can't explain that to this ten year old. Yeah. Or, or, how about the touch that the the police officer that deals with them after the the crime is named Gordon Hoover. It's his first name Gordon, but Gordon, the, the, Officer but, Gordon. But he keeps calling him Officer Gordon, and he's like, no, 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 the, the, Hoover. Officer Hoover. Officer Hoover. Uh, yeah. That was a nice touch. Was, again, it's a nice touch. It's, it's, I think it's a, a great... What this book is for me, it's basically an examination of how this kid can't deal with this grief. So his... I mean, obviously it's making it literal, but it's how like kids yeah. sort of escape into their fantasies. Um, yeah. I, I remember there was a great webcomic. It was like a one-page thing a few years ago. It was someone who had been abused as a child uh, mm-hmm. uh, drew a comic sort of showing how he escaped that. And it was uh, it was like Doctor Who taking him into the TARDIS. But when he went into wow. the TARDIS, it was like Batman was there, Superman was there, like maybe the Power Rangers. Like it was like just all these like, you know, superheroes and icons from like, you know, kids' shows and stuff. And it was just this idea of like, this is where he escaped to, to deal with all this, mm-hmm. this, this pain and this heartache. And, and I feel like this is kind of taking that and making it this literal thing where he's escaping into his, uh, his fantasy to escape from it and it's actually having an effect in the world. It's, yeah. it's, it's almost what every kid wants to happen when they fantasize about something where it's like, no, no, I want this to just happen. Uh, but no, it's, it's great. Uh, also, there's just some great little touches uh, uh, where he goes to the zoo and the, the bats all break out the window so he has his kind of like surrounded by bats moment. Yep. And it, yeah, and it surrounds him but nobody can figure out why the it broke and they're all blaming him for breaking the glass. Uh, but he's like, no, the, the glass broke from the inside. Like it was on the outside by me. That's a clue. Like Batman could figure this out. Yeah. Like, he's, he's been a detective. He's like, no, yeah. this, this is, this doesn't add up. Uh, yeah. And, and just all that stuff. And when he starts thinking about the bat demon and like the name of his parents killer just comes to him. And so he, you know, goes to the police and, they're just like, well, we can't just follow up a lead on a guest, kid. So the Bat Demon goes and finds this guy and, and attacks him and gets him in the lineup and stuff. So I'm, I'm kind of wondering where this is going to go because at first I'm like, well, this is all too out there if this is supposed to be the real world. But then I remember Secret Identity was about a man in the real world with Superman's powers and it never really explains it. Yeah. He just has them. It, yeah, so, it's not important to the story to explain yeah. it. Yeah. 
But I always look at Batman because it's so grounded in the real world. Like, I feel like it needs to do the Nolan thing, but it doesn't. Like, that's just my baggage I'm bringing in. Uh, that said, it's not going to make or break this book because this was fantastic. Like, uh, again, it follows up Secret Identity. Perfect. Like, it's just take on, on the Batman character. And I think what, what I like about just going to the idea of the fantasy thing is, like, just the idea that, like, like actual Bruce was this I mean not the bat stuff specifically but just the idea of like hunting down the criminals and getting revenge mm-hmm. like yeah obviously he grows up to not have those ideas because he wants to be better he wants to be a better person he wants mm-hmm. to have justice and not be a killer but you know I, th- I think Bruce like in the day after his parents are murdered damn right he's imagining breaking the necks of the people who did this yep. <laughs> like you know like it's just, this is the I normal. mean that's a that's the whole Green Lantern issue of Metal was yeah right so yeah uh, you mentioned the, the him the first time he has the fantasy about the the bat demon, it's a POV shot. The, the light, the, the coloring changes, right? Uh, and everything's like go, goes to this sort of orangey, sort of you know, almost like blood vision kind of thing. Yeah. Subtle, but not like. And you see the the sort of claw kind of come into like one of the shots. It feels like a POV, and then you get that full page spread of just the giant bat shadow covering the street. And it's just it is glorious. Uh, obviously, the art. Uh, John Paulion's a fantastic artist. He's got a very kind of specific style, very inky, a lot of blacks. Uh, yeah. I like it a lot. Uh, I, I first discovered him. It, there was two issues of Batman. It was it was like a fill-in two issue arc uh, in the middle of Snyder's run. Oh no, no, sorry, it was Detective. It wasn't Batman. It was Detective. Yeah. It was a, it was a, it was a two issue story about uh, a villain at an airport. I can't remember it too specifically. But it was a really, really cool little two-issue thing. I think it was in the middle of Manipal's stretch. Okay, yeah, that's why I didn't read it. That makes sense then. But it was really good. It was really, really good. And uh, like, I really liked his art in that. It was really sort of moody and it worked really well for Batman. And I think here it's working really well. Cause especially since he's kind of emulating an old-school kind of style. Because uh, mm-hmm. it starts with that page from like an old Detective Comics issue. Uh, with the new narration over it, and yeah. I feel like it sort of continues that that style. It's, it's a lot bit different, of course, as it goes, but it continues that style, and it kind of captures the, the bleakness of the of the kid's world. Uh, here, I, I love it. it. It flashes through what he's doing with his life, and you see him like he goes to Paris on a trip because Alfred doesn't kind of want him there, yep. and you see him like dancing with a girl at this like you know like junior high formal thing or whatever, and like it just it looks so miserable. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how it does that with very little detail in the face. It's you know it's a very simplistic facial style, but it's you still get the emotion going yeah. across, you know. Well, and he says that he also learned to be polite, so he, you yeah. know he's learning how to deal with things that he doesn't want to deal with, but with a smile. So I, I like that. I also like that they they went and learned horseback riding in Arizona, like and like instead of making him feel things, they just gave him activities. And he, there's this constant line that the psychiatrist doesn't listen to him. It's like, yeah, he's sitting there, but he's listening, but I don't think he's hearing me. Or he's hearing me, but he's not listening. And and I like that because as a kid dealing with all this grief, you have to think like nobody understands you. And that yeah. just drives that home. Yeah, and of course he's dreaming about his parents, which again has like an old school comic art look to it. Yep. Uh, well, and then he can't remember his parents' faces. So they appear as, as Martha and Thomas Wayne from from the old Batman comics, which well, I thought that was another. Yeah, it's, it's almost this kind of thing, but eventually the memories start to fade, but he can keep looking at them in the comic books, he can keep seeing them, yeah. so so that's kind of how he, he pictures them. He pictures them as these two rich people, when they're not rich at all, they were, you know, middle right. class, kind of normal. They were okay, yeah. Yeah, working dad, family. Yeah, his dad was a, a manager of a, of a, what do you say, like an insurance company and stuff. 
Yeah. Mm. No, all, great all around, like the art, like you said. And I'm excited to see where it goes because where it left off uh, with, with Uncle Alfred, you know, talking about how it was only going to get worse when yeah. he becomes actual law enforcement. So we'll see. Yeah, because he obviously keeps coming back to the police station to ask about the, his parents' case, and it's just kind of yeah. like, kid, there's like very little that's going to happen here. Uh, and until, of course, they, they get the, uh, the the pair of pin and put them in the lineup. Which of course happens after the uh, the bats had a <laughs> yeah had, had an encounter uh, with him, but no, it's it's very good. But I love how there's, there's that moment of doubt afterwards, though, where he looks at him and he's like, "I'm ninety eight percent sure it's him." Yeah, there's just a little seed of doubt that maybe he just didn't get it right. Uh, right. Really, really strong stuff. And again, I think it's all about the mentality of what's going on in his head. It's all about dealing with this pain. Uh, and of course. Because at the end, when, when when he's sitting on the roof and like he sees the bat in front of him, this you know bat demon like appears and it's a glorious two page spread, mm-hmm. uh, and you just hear this this bat voice say, "Bruce, uh, safe, you safe." And again, like the whole thing is a coping mechanism. Like it's taking it very literally, and that the bat's actually going after bad guys, but yeah. the whole thing is a, a coping mechanism for him. Uh, so yeah, we end with this thing where he's he's not going to stop. Sure, he's caught his parents' killer, but he's he's. You know, Alfred got him a, a police radio, so now he's listening for things, and then he's going to send his bat demon after bad guys. That's where we end. We end with this yep. being a normal new thing for him. So, uh, no, I, I I love this. Uh, start like I say, lettering on Alfred stuff a little bit rough to read. Uh, so that was not mm-hmm. great, but everything else I'm basically into. Yep. Uh, it, it reminds me a little bit of uh, of uh, Mr. Miracle in the sense that it's kind of examining the like a psychological problem mm-hmm. rather than you know just being a straight like hero story of some kind. So yeah, uh, it, basically the, the feeling of depression that I was getting reading that was kind of like reminding me of that a little bit. Just a very yeah. different depression, but depression all the same. So yeah. no. Uh, Great stuff. I uh, thoroughly recommend Batman Creature of the Night. Uh, so, that was actually uh, our last new book of the week. But still, six is a lot for a week five, and it could have been more had we uh, ventured. Actually, no, do you want to mention uh, the Ivy story from... Yeah, so I, of new course, I checked out the, in the... the what you, was it called? The New Talent Showcase uh, 2017. Yeah. Do you happen to yeah. know who wrote and uh, who did the art on this? I, I will in one second. Oh, he's going to look me. it up. Look, yeah, look, you got to look it up. Off the top of my head. Yeah, you're hunting for details. Um, no. It's funny because yeah. we did the talent showcase last year because it was on a week five, but it was a much quieter week five, so we all mm-hmm. read the whole thing. Uh, and I, I remember it being a very mixed bag. I remember there been like one or two stories that were pretty good, and then there was a couple that were okay, and then there was just a few that were just downright terrible. But uh, Yeah, so, so this one was written by Owl Going Back, which is like such a great name. And... <laughs> Artist Matt Murhoff, and it was called Silent Screams, and it was a um, like a, like not quite a holiday, um, not quite a holiday poison ivy story, but it, it could be read like that because she ends up fighting like this this demon that's made out of plants that sucks out your soul. It's like a succubus, um, and it's just basically a short action scene where. Uh, basically people are kind of going missing and she's kind of on the job. So she's, she's that anti-hero Ivy that I love and she ends up fighting this demon and the art's fantastic. The Matt Meoff is, he draws a pretty great Ivy. 
So you know, if they ever do a German Daredevil, I feel like Matt Murdoff should be the <laughs> should be the name of him. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, but so the succubus pulls out the life force, but in order, you know, she draws it out and it attacks Ivy, and then she blows this this you know plant dust on her that's flammable, and then pulls out the slider out of you know I guess her bra. I guess that's where she keeps things. She doesn't look like she has pockets. Uh, in the traditional, but it's it's Harley's like Zippo lighter, like it has the the Harley Quinn designs on it, and then ends up just burning the succubus uh, down, and then it ends with this whole scorcher of this cabin that she was in, but new li- plant life's coming up through it, so it's this whole you know to just you know create you must destroy, and you know it was pretty good. I mean it was in the middle. Of you know, like you said, that that new talent showcase. I didn't read anything else out of there, because again, I was reading this at the shop. So <laughs> yeah, any longer would have been suspicious. Exactly, <clears throat> but there there's some other stuff I wanted to check out. I think there was a Deadshot story in there okay, that, that okay. had to be good. But but again, after after the Halloween special, I kind of got burnt on these. So. Yeah, um, obviously, I think one of the books next week is the Christmas special or the mm-hmm. holiday special, um, which which I may check out. Like, I, it was actually quite good last year, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the stories in that were good last year, so uh, yeah. I'll I'll check and see uh, who's in it. You know, in terms of like the, the creators, like who, who's involved in the stories. Yeah. Uh, maybe it'll be worth checking out. Um, but that said, like, oh, I got I got a list right here for you if you if you want to hear just real quick. Uh, well. What's the highlights? Is there anyone sticking out that you think I'm going to go ooh and ah? Oh, yeah. Just about everybody. Okay. Fair enough. Okay, I guess we I'll got, be checking that out then. We got Greg Rucka, Tom King, Denny O'Neill, Jeff Lemire, Max Landis, Christopher Priest, Shay Fontana, and Josh Williamson. Jesus Christ. All right, okay. So I'll be reading that next week. One minute. My dog's going nuts. I got to go figure out why. So give me a minute. Well... We wrapped up that anyway. So, with that said, yeah. I, we'll do our best of the week stuff before we get to Wonder Woman: The Circle. We'll, we'll save that for last, since it's not eligible for any of the best of stuff. Since it's a classic story, of course. So, uh, so what we usually do here, we pick our, our favorite panel slash moment of the week. We pick our favorite cover. We pick our favorite uh, art, and then of course our top five books of the week. Which I mean, this week is most of the books, but it's still worth doing. I think just in the, yeah. uh, I, I like ranking things. Why not? Let's rank. Yes, uh, you do. You're the Lord of Lists. Yes, yes, yes. Listmaster uh, mm-hmm. is my Twitter name for a reason. So, um, all right. So, panel slash moment, Matt. What what are you what are you picking? So, so mine comes from Batman, and it's that one that I talked about that I had hunt for hmm. about. He's he's mad because he's alone, but he's alone because he's mad, and that's again speaks to me on so many levels. So. And it's just such a great moment there. And then the way that it, it builds up, that's where the, they start to build up their first kiss. And uh, that page is spectacular. So I'm also going with Batman. I, I think I have... Part of me really wants to go with that dull page spread and them both standing in the roof in the rain. That mm-hmm. is beautiful. But part of me, I think, also wants to go with the, the full page spread right near the start where she's still in the Batmobile and she's behind the yeah. wheel and she's got this big grin on her face. You've got all the speed lines... Uh, so I think I'm going to go with that. And I, honestly, though, I have to confess the reason why I'm picking that one over the dull page spread is because I already saw that dull page spread last week on Twitter. So I've already had time to get used to that one. <laughs> whereas that, whereas, <laughs> yeah. the, whereas her behind the wheel was new. That was like, oh shit. Yeah. That was a great moment. So I'm I'm picking that. So Catwoman's taking the cake for uh, 
uh, for that for me this week. Uh, so, best cover of the week. I think I'm going to have to give this to Super Sons. Me too! Yeah, you got, you got Crypto running away, dragging John along. You've got Bathound dragging Damien. It's too much fun to... To not, to not give it to Super Sons, I think, this week. So, yep. yeah, okay, that, was nice, that was nice and easy. Uh, best art of the week, Matt. Yeah, so this this one's really difficult to do because I don't know if I give it to Weeks or if I give it to to, to Lark. Oh, you don't have to so, pick. You just yeah. give it to the book. Well, then, then it's the Batman annual. Okay. But uh, I don't yeah. have to pick one or the other. Yeah, you uh, don't have to. I've never really done that, I don't think. You can just, but I, it was between that and then Creature of the Night and Mystic U. But I think, I just think, yeah, like the Lark stuff so strong, the weak stuff, like the fact that he added in Porky's from the, from from the, the Elmer Fudd issue. That that's the place that she crashes into in the Batmobile. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, like the, the I love continuity stuff like that. But yeah, Batman Annual. Yeah, I hate to be boring, but Batman Annual's probably take it for me. Although not to discount uh, Creature of the Night, which was also uh, beautiful to look at. Fantastic. So, uh, no. so your top five of the week, Matt. All right. No surprise he is here. Batman annual, number one. Number two is going to be Super Sons, but not by much because for each of the nights, three. Just mm-hmm. right there. I just think the to balance out the emotions, I needed that little fun in between them with yeah. Super Sons. Uh, and then four is going to have to be... Green, no, it's gonna be Mystic U and then Green Arrow. All right, all right. Uh, yeah, mine's gonna be too much different, obviously. But uh, Batman Annual number two at number one. I think I'm gonna put Creature of the Night at number two, Super Sons at number three, and those are the three that I highly recommend people check out from this week. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, then four, just kind of by default, we're at Green Arrow, which was okay but not great. And then five again, just kind of by default, Aquaman goes there, I guess. But I mean. <laughs> Well, no, I yeah. missed you, but I didn't finish that, so I feel weird saying, picking that. But, yeah. you know, it's just kind of by default at that point. Like, there wasn't five great books this week because there was only six books out. But, hey, yeah. um, that's, that's kind of where we, we, we land on that. So, okay, there you go. So that's best stuff of the week. Uh, I'll also tell you what's coming next week before we talk about uh, the, the, the trade, mm-hmm. the collection. Uh, so coming next week, week one of December. Can you believe we're in December already, Matt? It's... I I can, but I don't want to. The year has flown in something. Oh, get 2017 out now because it has been like we thought 2016 was bad. 2017 was like here, hold my beer. Yeah. And see, you know. I'm I'm worried though, Matt, that 2018 is just going to be like I'm going to top that now. I hope not. I hope it goes the yeah. other way. I, I I like to think karma's a boomerang. Mm-hmm. So 2016 was us releasing the boomerang, and 2018's at returning. So. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh. So, uh, coming next week, we have Batman 36, we have Superman 36, we have Justice League 34, which will be on the review docket, because that is the week that yep. Christopher Priest is taking over. So that's exciting, maybe getting a good Justice League book. Mm-hmm. Uh, Green Lanterns 36, Green Arrow 35, Nightwing 34, which is the start, I think, of... Uh... No, so it's the it? last, no, it's the last issue yeah. of... Uh, uh... Tilly before home uh, before Humphrey takes over. Yeah. Uh, then Deathstroke number twenty six. We also have Batman White Knight number three, which we've been enjoying a lot. And then the aforementioned yeah. DC Holiday Special twenty seventeen, uh, which we'll probably have a look. At. I don't know if we'll all read all of it, but I I, I think I'm going to try and read it myself. Just uh, yeah, I mean all those names, and then I didn't get to art on that because the art is just as 
you know, stunning with Steve Epting, Albuquerque, Bill Quiz, uh, Evely, Otto so, Schmidt, Neil Gouge, Francis Oh, jeez, okay, so, so, so who's who, right? So who's who then? Of- I'm going to have to buy it. Like, I'm going to yeah. have to explain to my wife, even though I told her I'm cutting back my comics so I could get a new cell phone, um, I can't not have this. Like, these are all my favorite writers in one, one yeah. place. Okay, yeah, that, that, that's it. Uh, also, next week, but we will not be covering as uh, Dead Man number two, Black Lightning, Cold Dead Hands number two, Bane Conquest eight, Cyborg nineteen, and Harley Quinn thirty three. And then on top of that, I believe that we also have the first issue of Batman TMNT two is out next week. I actually really like the first uh, crossover between them. I'm just not getting them at, at release this time because I have enough to read. But uh, yeah. the first one was really enjoyable, and this one's also by Tinian, I think. So. Uh, uh, probably worth checking out though if you're a Batman Turtles fan because I am for the record. But uh, so yeah, uh, if you're if you're a Turtles and wrestling fan, uh, New Japan released some shirts of Ninja Turtles doing signature moves <coughs> from the New Japan and that was uh, a Raphael's. That was a stretch, what? Matt, and you know it. That was a stretch. If you're a Turtles fan, you're gonna want these shirts. If you're a wrestling fan, you're gonna want these shirts. If you're both, you're gonna have to own the shirt because like they have they have Raphael doing the Rainmaker. Like it's perfect, so yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just turtles. Okay, uh, <laughs> so no, which I mean, hell, I mean the turtles are in the Injustice Two fighting game now. They've been added to are the they? DC roster. Yeah, they're, they're the new DLC characters. Wow. Have, you should you should check out the trailer, uh, Matt, where they revealed it because yeah, yeah, because they they announced I think Atom and Killer Frost were in the same pack. So mm-hmm. you had like footage of them fighting, and then it went all dark, and you you saw like a. Like a sigh fallout, and you see like Raph come out in the hat and trench coat from the movie, uh, and then it reveals the turtles. And it's the movie; it's, it's the first like nineteen ninety one movie look of the turtles. It looks great, and you know what? I actually I said this on Twitter oh. uh, that honestly I feel like you could just add turtles to the DCU and the comics, and I'd be fine with it. They'd fit. I'd be happy with yeah. it. Just add them. Uh, because yeah. th- that first crossover between Batman and Turtles, you know, they had all this cool thing where Raz and like Shredder were kind of like had a an uneasy alliance, and you had Batman fighting Shredder, which was like a dream come true. You had like Turtles fighting with various Bat villains. It was great. They fit. Just you know, you've got the Foot Clan versus the League as uh, assassins. Great stuff. Great. Just give me it. Put them in the DCU. It's fine. Yeah, I'm. Uh... <laughs> It sounds like I'm being dismissive, but I'm only dismissive so I don't go by this thing. So, okay. yeah, let's. I got enough on my plate, Pete. Next time it's on sale, get the first trade. Uh, the, the first time yeah. I did this, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. And Raphael and Batman don't see eye to eye because they're so similar, which just of read course perfectly. So no. Uh, <laughs> so also uh, next week is the uh, Justice League Power Rangers hardcover, which I don't even know if that finished its. Singles run, did it? Did it? We, I, I like the first look through issues of that a lot, but it just it kept getting yeah. delayed, so I just kind of fell away from gotcha. it. Gotcha. Well, but, the hardcover's out next week, so if you're interested, figured we could mention that. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, so there you go. That, that's what's coming next week. So normally we wrap up the show at this point, but it's a week five, which means we have one more thing left to do, uh, which oh. is talk about what won our Patreon vote uh, for this month, for this week five. And the winner, which Beat off some stiff competition was Wonder Woman The Circle, which is written by Gail Simone, uh, with art by Bernard Chang and Terry Dodson, amongst others. So this is a four-issue arc. Art is fantastic. Art is very good. Dodson's doing Wonder Woman. I love, like, the Morrison Earth 1. I think that was Dodson art, so... I read that, but uh, it's on the eventual to-read list. No, it wasn't. That was somebody else. Ignore me, I'm stupid. 
Yeah, it was, uh, it was it was Paquette, I think, was it not? Yes, it was. Yeah, it was Yannick Paquette. Uh, anyway, uh, so this is the first arc. This was the first arc by Gail Simone in her run. Uh, this was issues fourteen through seventeen of the third volume of Wonder Woman. Uh, which, just to explain that, so basically. When Crisis on Infinite Earths happened, uh, Flash restarted its numbering with a new series for Wally West. Yep. Wonder Woman did the same thing, even though it was still Diana. They did like a, a relaunch, kind of like how Superman got Superman Volume 2 and Man of Steel kind of kicked mm-hmm. off all that. Uh, so Wonder Woman had a big Volume 2, which went for 200 and about 20 issues. Uh, that ended with the Greg Rucker run, uh, the original Greg Rucker run. And then they yep. relaunched it after Infinite Crisis, which is what this volume is. Uh, so there was like 13 issues before this with stuff. Uh, and then issue 14 was the start of Gail Simone's run so a few things just to sort of that I, I quickly learned because I'd never read any of this stuff from this this era uh, so, I don't think you're reading comics at this point and uh, issues n- no yeah so you're picking up trades I remember all was happening because I remember picking up Simone's first issue really because okay. I'd never read Wonder Woman before and I was like this might be a good entryway uh, you know was it no um <laughs> I mean, even even for even yeah. for, even for us now, having read you know all of Rucker's new Wonder Woman, having read a good chunk of Rucker's first Wonder Woman, yeah. I've, I've got the second trade ready to go. I'm waiting for the third Me trade too. to come out so I can I can get reading that, um, and you know just having a much better understanding of the character. So so right away there were some things in this that were kind of different. Like uh, so now I actually looked this up to find out why this was the case, but apparently the reason for this is that Cersei put a put a spell on Wonder Woman. That, that dictated that when she was not Wonder Woman, and I think that just means when she's out of costume, she does yep. not have her powers. She is just a regular mortal. Uh, mm-hmm. And right now, her her whole thing is that she has a secret identity of Diana Prince, but in this part of the comic continuity, she is working as a secret agent for the DMA, the Department of Metahuman Affairs. Which is like, oh man, this is when the all the... Government organizations at DC started going out of, out yeah. of whack. Yeah, but because at this but, point man. you also have the DEO, and you had all the different labs and whatnot. But yeah, uh, it was interesting because I think we found out now that Wonder Woman's the one character that really doesn't need a secret identity. You know, like yeah, we can call her Diana Prince when she's an ambassador, but she's Diana Wonder. You know, with the mascara, like that's who she is. She is Wonder Woman. Yeah, in and out. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's something that really... It's kind of like Thor in a way, because Thor, yeah. a lot of the time, just doesn't bother with it. But there is there is times in Thor history where he's this right. Donald Blake yeah. character. And like, Donald Blake, Eric Masterson yeah. at points, like with Thunderstrike. And, um, but, yeah, you know, it's, it's whatever. Uh, also, get into this this little arc here, some things worth mentioning. Um, Themyscira is all but abandoned by... Uh, Apollo is there along with these other characters that were introduced to her in hidden prison cells, yep. but the rest of the Amazons are actually... Uh, like banished, banished from the island uh, because of yep. the war they waged on man uh, yep. in, in previous stories which I think the is Amazon's an... attack was that, that in Rucker's run the... later on I think he built to it but I remember Will Pfeiffer was okay. really the person that wrote it um, alright okay I, I picked up I picked up that mini and it was kind of rough in parts just because it felt like they were just doing an event to do an event, so, and Wonder Woman had been front focus. I think so. the, the point I'm getting to here, though, is just everything I've just spoke about, is that continuity with Wonder Woman was in a very different place uh, in this story. So that took a little bit of adjusting to to sort of understand mm-hmm. where we are, what's going on, uh, what the rules are right now. Uh, and I kind of got them as I was reading it. But uh, So basically, the, the plot of this one 
is that two things. We have a flashback story uh, of these this, these four assassins, uh, four, four Amazons, who were basically appalled. They were basically trained to be the bodyguards of uh, Apollo. But then when she decided to try and have a ch- child, they were appalled. They were like, oh, this is going to breed jealousy and envy because none of us can have kids. So they tried to assassinate yeah. baby Diana uh, on the night yeah. she was born. And that's why they're imprisoned for that. So that, that, that's told. We get a little flashback at the start of each issue that kind of tells that story. Yep. And, uh, and I like that because they are the old tradition Amazons. Like, mm. they are the warriors first, compassion last. We we do what we will to protect the queen. And they get their name, the circle, from how they guard the queen. Like, she is in a protective circle and each one stands at a compass point. So northeast, south, and west. And that's... That's how we're introduced to them. That they are kept isolated. Is that, is that, yeah, it's that two-page layout where it's all these like yeah. it's like a big nine-panel sort of grid over two pages, where yep. the north, south, east, and west, and I pointed to the wrong directions there, but ignore that. Um, <laughs> like that—that's where you introduced each of them, whatever their position was yep. in the cells. Uh, so that's a, it's a really yep. nice sort of layout touch. Uh, exactly. But the present-day story is that. So we we start with Wonder Woman, who is actually fighting a guerrilla uprising. Gorilla Grodd has gotten a, a group of guerrillas to like fight for him, and Wonder Woman super guerrillas, super guerrillas, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Wonder, Wonder Woman's fighting them, and she actually talks them out of it. She actually like, uses her compassion and her reason to actually mm-hmm. say, "Hey, no, Grodd's convinced you of this, but this is not true. Um, I, I will vouch for you know many of man's world, not all of them, but I'll vouch for many." Yeah. And she basically forms a truce with the, with these with these guerrillas, who end up being her backup later on. <laughs> Um, I loved it. The, the, we, we had Wonder Woman and gorillas fighting Nazis at one point. Like yeah, we also have them living at our house, like they're in our apartment, just sort of like yeah. watching TV and like. It, well, they, it, dude, actually, that was the Ambassador's Manor, right? That was from Rucka's Run. Right? Was that the Manor? I, I don't know. I, I, she's she's given I that up so. at this point. She's not an ambassador anymore. I know, but I I feel like the it's still there because it felt like a bigger place than just an apartment when I was reading it. Uh, maybe maybe so, you're right. I, but and it, and it seemed familiar. I could be wrong, but I thought that was a nice touch with her just, bringing these. Just, you know, just to go back to yeah. the turtles comparisons, it reminded me a little oh. bit strangely of Turtles Three, the movie where you've got uh-huh. all these uh, samurai hanging out like in the turtles' yeah. home. It reminded me of that for some reason. But it was Casey just... Jones taking them around, showing them pizza and stuff. Yeah, in New York. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you got these really cool super gorillas. You have Wonder Woman being Wonder Woman, and it's. I'm glad this is who the character is still. Like, I feel yeah. like Rucka and Simone have that. She is a being of compassion. This isn't yeah. the... Like, like it is the same one that snapped Maxwell Lord's neck, but she's not nearly as aggressive. You it's, know, she, she's, she, yeah, she's a secret agent and her partner's nemesis. Yeah. And yeah. she's working for Commander Steel. Yeah, that, that was fun. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was a fun. I, I wasn't expecting him. Uh, they no. do a weird thing with Etta where they kind of introduce her like she's going to be an antagonist, but by the end, you realize she's actually like on her side and she's been kind of. But, but it's not for her. our Etta that we're used to. Oh yeah, that, we, that, that, this is slim, sexy to. blonde Etta. Who I, yeah, <laughs> I'm really not used to. No, not at all. But so, hey, whatever. Um, uh, but yeah, so they they think like so she's still friends with Diana, and they're gonna put her in to keep tabs on her, but it's like. Little do they know, I'm her best friend. Yeah, you know, like, and it's it's her birthday. They're having like office party mm-hmm. for her and cake, and then the, yep. the plot actually kicks in uh, where they go to investigate this thing. And so we have uh, what's his name? Some something Nazi. <laughs> Overman. Right? No, not... Captain Nazi. Captain Nazi. Overman's the evil Nazi Superman. 
Yeah, uh, but no, like, I was just trying to remember what his name was. How, how I forgot Captain Nazi, I, I don't know. How do you forget Captain Nazi? I don't know. Who I think is responsible for Captain Marvel Jr.'s origin. And I think hmm. he's the one that, that crippled uh, Freddie Freeman. And, uh, I, I did allowed... not know that. that. That is some good... Again, see what you get when you talk comics with me. But about trivia uh, there for you. That's yeah, cool. That was that was from the old uh, from the old. He wasn't Charlton. What was he? Same um, with that comic imprint that, that he was at. Anyways, I can't remember. That was that was from the old days. <laughs> Where anyway, was Captain Marvel at before he was at DC? And then oh, they bought them. I can't remember. Anyways, I cannot remember. I, I I could sit here for thirty minutes trying to think of that, and I, I wouldn't think of it figure out. but yeah so captain nazi he's yeah. basically what he sounds actually, like honestly is i actually like the whole story but my favorite part of the book from an art perspective is actually the start of issue two because basically she's fighting him with nemesis and he's attacking him he's really big and strong and she's like oh shit i'm weak because i'm diana prince right now i don't have my powers yeah. uh but then she throws plastic explosives at his face which makes everything yeah, go dark great. And we have these great panels of you just see the gold like glistening from our our, our gauntlets and our, our tiara, and it's like you know it's hard becoming wonder. It's like a great moment, uh, and then of course she like beats the crap out of him. It's great. Uh, so the main plot actually outside of the the circle stuff is that this group of Nats, because the mascara is uh, uninhabited right now, all you know besides yeah. one or two people. They're going to take over Themyscira and make it the new Fatherland. He's got his group of Nazis who go to Themyscira. So Wonder Woman has to go to all the gods and beg, to, like, because she's, you know, she's banished right now, but she needs to get back. And she eventually gets a magic giant seashell that she'll travel with her gorillas to go back to Themyscira. Which, by the way, when she goes to see Odin, that was really weird and Thor-like, and I, 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 it was bizarre. I, I liked her visiting all the gods, because that's completely different yeah. from what I've known from reading, that, you know, Rucka doesn't lean on them. He You kind of feel their presence, but never well, really see them. This is a constant complaint, actually, about Wonder Woman, just in terms of history, is that yeah. her continuity has been reshaped so many times that, you know, yeah. in, in one version of Wonder Woman, she can go and visit the gods. In one version of Wonder Woman, she can go back to Themyscira whenever she wants. In one version of Wonder Woman, she can do this. In one version of Wonder Woman, she was born from clay, but in one, she was just the daughter right. of, the, you know, it's changed so many times. But no, there's actually the Rainbow Bridge. It's Asgard, and she's talking to yeah. Odin, and I'm like, this is weird. Like, I, I know Marvel don't I own also, the character, but... Norse mythology. I didn't like the fact that he's like, nah, I'm not going to go pick and fights with the Greek gods. I, I can't deal with that right now. It's like, bro, that's all you do is pick fights. <laughs> like, granted, you're the god of wisdom, but like Valhalla is your, your hall where where you're going to feed people and, and keep them happy until Ragnarok. And then they're going to go wage war. Like, you know, but again, it's not about Odin, is it? It's about Wonder Woman. But I like that she goes to a Polynesian god and he's the one that's just like, yeah, okay, I, yeah, I'll help you. It's, it's the, yeah, it's the point. It's not one of hers. It's like because because he's yeah. even like I think is it Hippolyta later on that brings that up. Like, oh, you went outside one of our gods. Like, yeah, well, our gods yeah. uh, were refusing to help, and like you know, yeah. we have to be open to new things. But yeah, no, it was it was Connie. just in touch. Sorry. No, that, that was the god she went to. Connie, oh, right. I okay. His back back name, which yeah. Um, and just real quick, it was Fawcett at at before people start shouting at me. Is where Captain Marvel came from. Oh, right, was okay. Comics, and yeah, and it was Captain Nazi. He um, apparently got mad at at Captain Marvel. Came across Freddie Freeman and beat him within an inch of his life with an oar. So Captain Nazi, besides just being a Nazi, bad dude. So, yeah, and you, you, know. you basically have all this stuff, but the Nazis get to the island, and Wonder Woman's on her way, but she's not there yet. 
uh, where her Paul is basically doing her uh, predator impression, where she's sneaking around the the island, like picking off Nazis one by one, oh, which is it. which is kind of glorious. It, it's great. <laughs> yeah, anytime Nazis are your villain, I'm a fan because it, it always works out. Mm. Always. And she 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 actually obviously the story ends with her dying, which is you know I was like oh shit, this is the, the story of Hippolyta dying. <laughs> I didn't realize yep. that's what I was getting into with this one, but uh, that, that's that's where it goes. Uh, obviously, Wonder Woman has a big grand entrance and actually like ha, it's just one woman. What she can possibly do against us? And then you know all our super gorillas jump out to help her, which is fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so that's yeah we have a lot of Wonder Woman, Hippolyta, and gorillas beating up Nazis. Uh, in fact, there's at one point where I'm even like, "Oh, I'd like to tie her up with or tie me up with that that lasso and do naughty things yeah. to me." And she like grabs him and she's like, "Is this what you wanted?" And she, he's just like, he's pissing his pants basically. It's it's so yeah, satisfying. It is. It's he's all talk until it's time to go, and then and then you get the resolution with the circle, and then you find out that they had tried to kill. Which you can kind of guess they're trying yeah. to kill Diana because of all the hints, and you have this whole cult that was popping up in Themyscira where they, you know, these women wanted children and, you know, they felt a void because they couldn't become mothers. So they started shaping them out of clay and calling them whittle babies, which that, that cracked me up. Um, which I know Simone has a sense of humor. You widow baby. You widow baby. Exactly. <laughs> so hearing these Amazons, like in my, you know, when I read in my mind's voice, Going, you were just a whittle baby. I was like, okay, that's unintentionally hilarious. Uh, but yeah, it's... yeah but is it unintentional though? I don't know if it is. Uh, Gail Simone's yeah. a smart cookie. I don't, I don't think that yeah, was an is. accident. Uh, but I couldn't. I mean, in this moment where she's facing down the leader of the circle, like, what was her name? I can't remember. Oh God, uh, it was. I had a really awkward Y in the middle of it. I can tell you that. Yeah. Right now. Um. Oh, I'll find it. Uh, you. Alconi? Oh yeah, there you go. That was it. Alconi, yeah. Alconi. How you pronounce it? I'm I'm not entirely sure, but anyways, uh, but she's like this fierce warrior, and she has a sword, and she, it looks like she's probably gonna whip on Wonder Woman. So for her to drop Little Baby, that again was great, and we see Wonder Woman take out each of the circle because each of the circle have a specialty, and like yeah. one was like she was known as as, as a fisher. Uh, woman and so she has this trident like Aquaman and there's one that was an archer and then one that was the keeper of all the animals which again reading through Aquaman this last you know month I th- found it funny there's a lot of crossover with some of the Atlantean uh, some of the Atlantean culture in the Themyscirian yeah which was I, yeah it's, it's an interesting structure thing because they actually deal with the Nazis quite early on in the last issue and yeah. then it becomes no no the circle are here and they're hunting me so now it's like a case of dealing with that and getting to my mother and saving her and, and whatever else so she gets through the other three and it's the, the main leader who she ends up having the big fight with which yep. is a, it's a good fight it works it's good emotion yeah. and then some of the gorillas actually stay behind and they're going to look after Themyscira and look after the yeah. prisoners so I'm like okay we got gorillas on Themyscira now <laughs> okay wow. That's the one thing I wish Rucka would have touched on. Like, they think they find Themyscira, but because of all the stuff that's happened and all the lies and the magic mm-hmm. and whatnot, they just find this island in the middle of nowhere with gorillas on it. Like, that, that would have been a fun little shout-out. Yeah, just, At the just time, like... I would have had, I'd have zero idea what it was referring to, but I'm not going to complain an island full of gorillas. You know? I mean, that's King yeah. Kong. <laughs> Yeah, and then we end the story with her coming back and uh, the Justice League are there with cake because they know it's Wonder Woman's birthday. So she gets more cake. And Plastic Man, always nice to see him uh, with with more cake. So, uh, no, I actually enjoyed this a lot. I mean, obviously I didn't like it as much as Ruckus stuff, but um, 
and it was a very different take in Wonder Woman because it is all this different continuity stuff where oh, she's she because especially this whole thing with the, the the no no powers when she's Diana Prince. I'm like, okay, what yeah. is it? Just the costume being on is the difference? Is that is that what constitutes yeah. it? That that's she's now Wonder Woman, or yeah. uh, I mean, I guess it makes sense. I mean, all of her I mean things she puts on all have mystical properties to them. Yeah, so and, and I understand what they want to do. They wanted to differentiate her from other heroes by tying her down to, to, you know, she can't be one woman all the time because, you know, that's who she was in Rucka's run, you know? So you got to try to make it your own thing, kind of like when um, when Azarello turned her into the goddess of war. Like, yeah. you know, that's not exactly the same, but it, it fits. And I, I went from someone that I had read maybe two or three issues of Wonder Woman before the New 52, and then Azarello really opened my eyes to the character. And, and now I've read most of Rucka's run. I want to go back now and revisit Simone's run for sure because I want to oh, see yeah. where this goes. Uh, I'm not sure how quite how long her run was but it was definitely a few trades worth. So Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm down for reading more of it at some point. I, I don't know if I'll rush to it right now but definitely no. in the future. Uh, but yeah, Wonder Woman's definitely a blind spot. I mean, I, I read so much of these other as, as we've seen. I know a lot about a lot of characters but Wonder Woman was always a blind spot just because I never... I never felt DC took her seriously, and now it feels good. Like in the last five years, they mm. have really pushed her to be that third pillar of the Trinity, where she kind of was lagging. I feel like there was these good stories, like Rucka's stuff early on was fantastic, but I feel it didn't get the same play there. No, it does feel like her, her status has been elevated. Obviously, having a good movie out that everyone seemed to like mm-hmm. uh, does, not, does not hurt that <laughs> that raising status, but. Um... But no, it's uh, <coughs> it's good to see. It's good to revisit another Wonder Woman story. Who bad? Because obviously, as much as we love the Rucka stuff, it's actually nice to read one by a different writer. Where I'm like, okay, now here's yeah. here's another example of Wonder Woman from uh, from years gone by. Uh, it's kind of funny though. This is actually the volume that ran up until the New Fifty Two. This is the one that ended. But yeah. th- they pulled a Marvel with this one though, because it's because when they realised they're hitting issue six hundred, they actually changed yep. it back to the original numbering, which is something that I make fun of Marvel for all the time because they they they've done that so many they times with just, different books. They literally just did it with Thor, and that's why I'm now behind on Thor because when seven hundred came out, they put out this big you know quadruple sized issue, and mm-hmm. now the next one is seven hundred and one. So it's just like, well, I liked having the nice round thirty number. Like that was that was fine, guys. Well, I, I'm all for the like, the big legacy number. And the problem with Marvel is that they've, they've reset it so many times it has no meaning anymore. No. Uh, well, this is the Mighty Thor seven hundred. I doubt that's what issue seven hundred actually was. Versus Journey into Mystery when that renumbered, that made sense because you were reviving this book that hadn't been around for a while, you know, as if it had still continued on. Yeah, of course, they're doing it with Spider-Man as well, because Spider-Man's about to hit 800, so that's, you know, just conveniently, they were at, like, 793 or something like that when they did the legacy number. So it's like, okay, right, we're getting close. Um, But hey, don't get me wrong, I I wouldn't have minded it to start a rebirth if, if, you know, Batman, Superman, Flash, Wonder Woman all went back to original numbering. I would have been okay with that, because I kind of liked them having been up there on the numbers. But but I feel like the fact that they just did it with Detective in Action made those feel special, because those are the flagship books at DC. Well, you know, we we got got Superman 800. yeah, well, that, that, I mean, if I'm going to make a criticism about that, is I'm glad they acknowledged that we had Superman 800, yeah. Batman 800, Wonder Woman 700, that we're getting Flash 700 soon. I feel like yeah. it's good they're acknowledging it, but all of those so far have not felt like they were actually, like, the story no. just felt like the next chapter. It didn't feel like, oh, this is a big deal because it's issue 700. No, but that's what I'm saying. They're not falling into that trap where we're going to do this whole big thing and, 
you know. I'd be okay with it though. I'd be okay with a bigger issue to celebrate that. Well, like Action One Thousand should be this big, huge, like you know, thing because no other comic has gotten that far. Yeah, and obviously Detective will do the same thing about a year later when we get to that, but. Mm Like I, I, I don't mind them doing like the annual sized issues at twenty five to celebrate that. Like oh. you know, once every couple yeah. of years or once a year if it's double shipping, I suppose. But uh, we can get a, a bigger issue. But hey, mm-hmm. um, but no, no. Uh, so so yeah, art was really good in this. Uh, story was pretty solid. Um, I, my, honestly, my only kind of criticism, not not so much about this story specifically, is just about Wonder Woman in general. I feel like almost every story I read about her does flashbacks to Themyscira, and I'm like, I get that it's a big part of her past, but you know, we could we could have a story where it doesn't flashback to Themyscira once in a while. That's and that's why I look at Ruckus Run, and I'm like, I, I love that he tied it off, which is like, well, no, you can't go back anymore. And every yeah. time you've been back, it's been a lie. That's true. And that's true. I I love that he did that. So, you know, hopefully that's the status quo going forward until the next, you know. Whatever they choose to do with her. Well, but, yeah, you, you I, say that, but then the very first arc we had after Rocky left was with someone who was doing flashbacks. Yeah, but not to Themyscira. I mean... I was to Themyscira. Oh, that's right. I forget. I'm she was all, over... She, yeah, she uh, was a little girl and stuff. Yeah, 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 but that's fine. I mean, that, she hadn't left. I just mean, like, she's yeah. not going back, you know? I'm just saying, like, they all, there's always flashbacks to her time in Themyscira. I'm like, okay, I guess it's important. Yeah. We don't need it every single well, so time. Well, it's like... It's like Batman's flashbacks to his training. I don't mind those either. Like, I can... I, you know, you he learned a lot of stuff. You don't get those nearly as often as flashbacks to Themyscira. True. And maybe that's why I liked him so much. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Every single Batman story doesn't have, like, oh, here's him kicking a tree. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, if they did that, I would love it. But no. Uh, <laughs> no, action was really good. Uh, Wonder Woman using compassion with the gorillas was cool. Uh, plot was fun. It, I, I had some nice big money moments with her finally getting to the island and the big sort of like, oh, she's here now with the cavalry, and it was, you know, mm-hmm. it was good, good, good stuff. Uh, like I say, uh, Hippolyta being uh, all, you know, uh, Rambo in, in the jungle was 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 good stuff. So, uh, mm-hmm. no, uh, solid book, so, solid solid uh, art from Gil Simone. So, uh, recommend check it out. But anyway, so that actually wraps up our show. Uh, that's been issue, issue, sorry, episode 80 of Comics from the Multiverse, so by all means let us know what you thought of uh, this week's books uh, and Wonder Woman in the Circle, if you've read it, in the comments below. You can like, subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on the Twitters at DC Comics Podcast. You can also uh, support the show and support the channel as a whole over at patreon.com slash TV. Uh, like obviously every time it's a week 5 you get to vote on a book if you're a patron uh, but you also get access to a monthly bonus episode that me and Connor do where we do a, a trade paperback or a collection or a graphic novel of some sorts we did Watchmen this past month uh, we're not actually sure what we're doing for December yet but uh, we, we will have one get on that yeah we're just we're trying to figure that out and I, I think the, the idea was Batman Noel but the, the problem is, is that we're worried that that's a little bit too short that might not actually give us yeah. a full full episode so we'll see um, I don't know but hey, that's uh, yeah. That's, that's, uh, I was trying to think of another Batman Christmas story, but I really can't. No. Surprised they haven't. I'm surprised they haven't done like a Batman version of of the Dickens story. That's what Noel is. You know, Christmas Carol. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse my ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> I've not read go. it, but I'm pretty sure that's what yeah. that's what it's based on. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, uh, so. 
So no, so check out Patreon. Uh, fun stuff there, as, as, as well for other things that we do on YouTube and uh, podcast-wise, uh, with movies and TV and stuff. Now, of course, me and Connor also do television for the multiverse every week, in which we talk about the DC TV shows. Obviously, Crisis on Earth X was this week, so we actually did episodes early this week for that. Uh, typically, though, it's uh, the end of a Sunday or very early Monday where we'll yeah. look back at the week, like, the past week of DC shows and talk about them. Uh, so check out that as well. That's television for the multiverse. Uh, but otherwise that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it Uh, love you loads Uh, this has been episode 80 keep reading comics guys and always remember to never get lost in the speed force (laughs) 